0: If the very thought of vampires makes your flesh creep, we call them the undead. They are vampires.
1: If you think all vampires are ugly creatures of the night, then you're in for a shattering surprise.
0: this fresh warm blood into a body of thy making welcome to the most exclusive finishing school in europe where the quest for knowledge continues long into the night you see i have studied your magic i know the black art and i want only to know more and more here the masters are quick to recognize an outstanding pupil the portrait of Camilla Kahnstein died 1710 hundred and twenty years ago and you know who the portrait was of Mirkala
1: it was you welcome to the finishing school
0: where they really do finish you you are a vampire
2: you say that and tell me you love me
0: prove to me that you're not love me Street.
1: hello and welcome back to Screamatics hammer pub i am jinx your co-host i'm sitting here with my co hosts sally chapel and paul farrell turns out one of our co-hosts didn't even realize that they were a co-host yet i'm not going to point any fingers but
0: um uh, <clears throat> you know just that it was out me
2: of... obviously <laughs> I, it was paul i did not know <laughs> i thought
0: i thought i was just a guest that kept getting invited back <laughs> i didn't want to rock the boat so, Allie, I am so.
1: You know, it's actually my fault. I should have taken greater pains last week to point out that Allie has has been elevated to co-host for as long as she would like the position. So we made the uh, the uh, the changes on the uh, the the old Twitter profile and whatnot to include her. And then uh, I just sprung an honor what like two days ago, and you were like, "Wait, what?"
2: I was like, "Oh my god, guys, I'm so honored." <laughs>
1: We're honored to have you. So thank you. We are now a trio, which I think is pretty cool.
2: Heck yes.
0: I'm I'm excited about it, personally. I think
1: it's great. Good deal. So last week, uh, I don't know if listeners could tell listening to the episode back, but we had some technical difficulties. We have our fingers crossed that that's not going to happen this week. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) We'll see how it goes. Uh, Fortunately, no matter uh, what problems we might face, at least we're going to be talking about the cinematic masterpiece that is Lust for a Vampire. I expect nothing but high marks from everyone here. It's going to be (laughs) glowing reviews. From all of us, um, I, I, I expect nothing but positivity.
0: That's what I expect. I mean, it's probably the best movie I've ever seen. I think right. this or maybe like Citizen Kane. I don't know. It's one or the other. You know, they need one of to release. They need to release, like, Lust for a
1: Vampire. Like, Criterion needs to do it in four years. Just do, like, a stark L on the cover. Yeah, I was going to say just a big L. (laughs) So that Twitter can lose its damn (laughs) mind all over again over a friggin' cover.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, if the cover doesn't suit Twitter's sort of expectations, then what are we even really doing?
1: Yeah. Well, that's true of basically any (laughs) single fucking facet of life at this point, isn't it? Uh, no, right. Allie, have you seen have you <laughs> seen the Citizen Kane cover that everyone's losing their minds over?
2: No, but I'm gonna look it up right now.
1: So it's a big K. And that's a it. K? And frankly, yeah, you know what? I'm always annoyed. Like whenever they do these prestige releases, I'm like, you know what? Why don't you just use the original like poster art? You know, that it's much classier. You know, if you want to commission art, fine. But you know, I saw that and I, I just thought, you know, that's fine. It's clean. It's sleek. It's OK. It's cool. You know, I'm, it doesn't matter what the hell's on the cover. I'm going to buy the 4K release of fucking Citizen Kane. That's all that matters.
2: It seems that like they put in literally the most bare minimum of effort possible.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> they I- they- did but it also kind of makes sense
1: for the movie. I I just look at it and it still kind of feels right. I don't know.
0: It's a it's a minimalist approach. I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it. I think, but I get people wanting it to be something different. I don't know. It's a little boring. Welcome listeners to the Citizen Kane podcast, <laughs> which is not a <laughs> podcast that exists. It's Also not a horror movie, so like but
1: it should. <laughs>
0: They're probably well, actually I'm sure there is a Citizen Kane podcast. I'm sure that exists. That, there's probably be. thirty of them. Yeah. Like one one cane minute where oh they God. zoom in and
1: one episode per every minute, which is a neat idea, but uh
2: Is it? I feel like that'd be so boring.
1: Well, there are you like know, two podcasts that have done that, and I love the idea, but I
0: haven't listened to a single episode of any of them. So
2: Yeah, that's it fair.
0: It really depends on to me, like, how they handle it, right? Like, I've listened to a couple, and I actually guessed it on one that was doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and it is surprising how much you can mine from a minute of a really good movie. You know, like, there there actually is a surprising amount that can be done. My thing is, though, is that sustainable over however many episodes? Like, eventually you're going to run out of things to say about that specific movie.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah, Yeah. because... It's all going to connect – like, that one minute is probably going to connect to various themes and other moments throughout the movie, and how often are you going to be retreading? Like, to me, it seems like <laughs> – you would almost – you know, once the podcast is done, unless the entire thing got, like, just amazing reviews, I would probably pick out, like, a random five minutes and just listen to those and be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm uh then again yeah. maybe maybe we need to do that with hammer film, maybe that'll be the second in the hammer pub is just uh you know all of oh us god. get drunk, and uh no i'm kidding'm i kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> would you would be, imagine doing the entire Hammer lot. filmography, but one minute at a time that would take us into our seventies, I think um easily we we'd still be on the first movie <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're right, we actually would wouldn't we yeah. we'd still so curse of that. Frankenstein is still great. But I'm getting sick of watching. Peter it.
0: Cushing again. I'm for watching this,
1: he's still Frankenstein. Paul, if it were still oh, Curse of Frankenstein, that means it would still be getting hammered with hammer. And how the hell would you and I come up with drinking games
0: for single minutes? <laughs> we wouldn't get as drunk though, because it would only be a minute.
1: I don't know. I could be like, okay, let's uh, let's take a drink every time somebody's eyelid flutters. Yeah. Drink every time somebody takes a breath. Watch.
0: A breath take, would be good. Breath? Wow.
1: Blinks. People just take, blink. Let's take a breath every time somebody says a word.
0: Takes <laughs> a step. We could do this all night.
1: I'll <laughs> uh, well, tell you what, let's go ahead and dive into our recent watches. It has been a long week, and somehow I myself have only seen one movie that is suitable for conversation on this podcast. How about you all? Allie, what have you seen recently?
2: Ugh, I'm the worst. I didn't watch any horror this week.
1: This Fun. is going to be a quick opening, and I'm fine with that. Paul, what have you seen recently?
0: So I watched like a bunch of things, guys. I I don't want to be the only one who talks. I but uh, I caught up with some stuff. <laughs> I mean, do you want me? I I could, I could lead with something that was really scary, but it wasn't a horror movie. Uh, it was Space Jam Two. Oh my <laughs> god! No, no, no. <laughs> Uh, Space LeBron. Jam 2, which actually isn't called Space Jam 2, it's called Space Jam: A New Legacy, um, really doing starring LeBron James. I did watch it. I won't go through the whole thing on it.
2: No, um, I want to hear all about
0: it. Okay, <laughs> I I I like some of it. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I didn't <laughs> I didn't hate it, <laughs> but I'm also I'm a self-professed Space Jam fan. I like Space Jam 1.
2: Space Jam was uh, a brilliant movie.
0: Yeah. And like, this was fun. I don't know. I don't, people, you know, is it a commercial for Warner brothers? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. A thousand
2: percent. What's wrong.
0: What's wrong with that? There's a lot of great things in Warner brothers. <laughs> I, I like seeing LeBron James fly around on a broom and trying to catch the golden snitch. That's fun. I like seeing, uh, uh, you know, speedy Gonzalez in the matrix. What, what's wrong with that? I like seeing Wile E. Coyote in uh Mad Max Fury road. <laughs> <laughs> wow i i i'm not gonna lie i actually legitimately enjoyed the fury road sequence and i heard people complaining about it online like wow why that? Blah, why would they do that i was like because it's fun it's fun it's fun to see a cartoon character in that scene why is that not fun how is that a bad thing i don't know whatever it's it's is it is it high art no don 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 is having a really good time being the villain he's he's just he's just having a great time um yeah. You know, it's way too long. The basketball stuff, once they actually start playing the game, is a little bit beleaguered. Um, and sure, like, having this giant audience of, like, just Warner Brother characters clapping on a loop, like, doesn't make a ton of impact. But, like, I did not hate this movie. I didn't like it. I didn't, well, I didn't love it, but I didn't, I thought it was fine. It was no worse than any other big cartoony summer movie for kids, so...
1: Space jam they 2. lost. They lost. I didn't hate it, it, it. when they uh, when they didn't subtitle it. Jam
0: harder. Like how do you could not? have been jam harder. Yeah. It's right there. You know? Yeah, yeah. But like you know, whatever. It's fine. It's a good time. I like Looney Tunes. So
2: who doesn't? They're great.
0: I just talked about Space Jam two on a horror podcast. I did it. Uh Sorry. I feel. What proud else of have you seen?
2: Wait, there's something wrong. Have have
0: another. Uh, I watched Brightburn, the evil that's Superman that's movie. Um, yeah, I had never seen it. Um And I had wanted to see it for a really long time And so I finally picked up the Blu-ray And checked it out with my wife And I thought this movie was like a ton of fun um, It was kind of exactly what I wanted out of it You know, it's an evil kid Superman movie It doesn't really go through his whole life It just kind of goes up to when he's like, I don't know, 9 or 10, I would guess Um, I liked how mean it was Like, it's real mean it's super mean <laughs> and uh you know the deaths are incredibly brutal um some good performances some really cool moments it gets crazy dark uh and it has an ending that sort of reminds me of the omen like it, oh, it kind of totally yeah. yeah it kind of has an omen thing going and then that just made me want to see like the omen sequels play out in that universe like I want to see the the movie where Sam Neill is grown up evil Superman yeah. and running for president. He probably wouldn't be running for president, but like the sort of like inverse of a superhero type of story would be really cool to explore on a longer term scale. So um, I was reading online that it sounds like a sequel is on the way. Yeah. Um from all what right. I read. So it sounds like in 2022, we're going to get a second bright burn. So I'm hoping
2: get down with that.
0: for that to be a thing.
2: But Did also, either of you? I'm
0: sorry,
1: oh, I'm sorry, Alec. I'm sorry, Alec. Go ahead.
2: Why couldn't Sam Neill run to be the president? Look who you guys just elected in last, like, four years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they I, I would have been a better
2: choice. If I can run to be the president, and I'd be like, all right, well, that makes sense.
0: I mean, at least he's charismatic, like,
1: you know, I don't Equally, know. Equally, you know, we had four years of that fucker in office, and near as I can tell, not one person tried to take him out with a dagger and magita. So, sure. you know. That
2: we know sure. of.
1: The world dropped the
0: ball on that one, just saying. Just we saying really did. Christopher Walken could have taken a go at it, you know. He could <laughs> he have just deadzoned just it.
2: Fascinate presence like they used to.
0: I mean, yeah, they just, they really don't.
2: <laughs> they they stopped early. We're gonna
0: they, we're gonna ping on some FBI list for this episode of the podcast. Um, <laughs> we should be good right now,
2: Canadian.
0: <laughs> so, so I also watched a movie called Profile.
2: Oh uh, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. Which was from oh have, did did you see it? and Not like it, Jinx. I really liked it. Oh okay.
1: And yeah. you, made like a,
2: you made, like, a sound. And yeah, I you made it seem it like
1: you don't. Sound. No, I, I I really liked it until I didn't. Oh, I didn't okay. When I didn't, I didn't. You know, Paul, and I, you and I have talked on this podcast before about how the screen life, uh, you know, movies, it sounds like the worst possible genre on paper, and yet all of the movies have been good, you know, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, until yeah. this one. So um, cool. oh, wow, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> well... No, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll uh, have you speak your piece. I, my thing with it, I really liked it. I thought it was, I thought it was really good, um, mm-hmm. personally. Uh, it, it came out, I guess, in like 2018, is what it says, but it just hit Blu-ray.
2: It so uh, I don't easily oh. longer than that because I saw it at Fantasia and like forever. Like I think just before or just around the time that me and Chris started dating. So easily, like four wow. years. Oh my, oh gosh. my gosh. gosh, it was four years, wasn't it?
1: What's weird is when I I watched it, it was available as one of those, like it was on Amazon Prime as one of those cinema on demand $20 rentals as though it had just come out. So I don't know what the deal with that is. I watched it probably two months ago.
0: Okay. All right. That makes me feel less bad because I feel like super late to this party because I was like, oh, this is a new movie. You know, like because it literally came out on Blu-ray like a week ago. And so I picked it up, and then when I went to like look it up on Letterboxd, I saw 2018, and I was like, what? I was like, that's crazy. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I've said it before, and Jinx already mentioned it. I really, really love screen life movies. I can't believe they're as good as they are. Um, I have i don't think I've seen a bad one, or at least in my eyes, what was a bad one. And this one was uh, no different for me. It was, It was a little bit less, like, comparing it to something like Searching. Where there's yeah. a lot going on in searching, you know, there's a lot of like subplots and different ways they use the screen. Like profile is much more straightforward. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's pretty much just conversations between uh, the character and uh, this man who, so she's like an investigative journalist um, trying to uh, sort of research um how this how ISIS recruiters are contacting young women online and then convincing them to sort of go overseas and convert to their cause. And she wants to understand uh, how they do it, how they transport them, what kinds of things they do to vet them and groom them. So she sort of per- creates a fake Facebook profile, pretends to be a certain person so she can interview this guy and at the beginning it seems like it's supposed to be this sort of like one-time deal. And then she gets sort of wrapped up into his world. And the, the sort of thrust of the movie is she starts to get kind of caught up in the whirlwind of this recruitment process and questionably, you know, kind of starts to come around on the guy that she's talking to. And it's, And the audience is to me at times left kind of in the dark as to where she actually stands, because you see her communicating with like her, uh, you know, her boss about the interviews and what she's doing and she's recording everything and her, her boyfriend, who she clearly has a a very poor relationship with from the outset. Um, And, you know, then you see her talking to the guy who's recruiting her and it's, there's just a definite sense of excitement and interest and romantic involve that is kind of undeniable. And so it all sort of builds to um, her going like way too far into that relationship and, and what it's going to cost her. Um, and I watched it with my wife and we were both just really enthralled by that relationship and the ambiguity of it. Um, and I thought the way the movie used screens uh, was just really telling, um, about sort of culturally how entire sort of relationships and lives can be lived on a screen. I think this movie really sort of presents that in a way that is, um, different and unique, uh, than I've seen in some of these other films. So I, 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 yeah, I really enjoyed it. Ellie, how about you? You've seen it too. You said, right?
2: Yeah, I, I am personally not the biggest fan of the screen life movies. Um just because like when Unfriended and stuff came out, I was like, cool, this is literally like being 13 years old in my friend's basement while they're on MSN and it's so boring. Um profile <laughs> was different. Although she made it seem like really easy to just get like, you know, manipulated by some people from ISIS, and I'm sitting over here like, why is no one manipulating me? Like, what is this? <laughs>
0: Why isn't ISIS coming for me? Yeah, on, I ISIS was
2: being like, guys, looking to get recruited, <laughs> and like, <laughs> oh, we're good, we don't want Canadians. <laughs> no, I thought it was. I think it's a really good one, and it uses screens better than like oh, what was that? Elijah Wood and Sasha Grey also did one. And I can't think of the oh, name.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I they like, did. They, there's an Elijah Wood one. I haven't seen that. Yeah, yeah it's one of the first.
2: It was really. One of the first yeah, I think it came out just before Unfriended. I gotta
1: see that. Oh, I gotta <laughs> look I mean, that I up. It up <laughs> it's it, Ali, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like something Windows, I think, or.
2: Windows, maybe?
1: Windows? Okay.
2: Yeah, Open Windows. It's called, and it was from 2014.
1: Really? Yeah, yeah. I think it predated uh, Cybernatural or Unfriended. Like. Unfriended,
2: yeah.
1: Um... Okay, all right.
2: Yeah, although Unfriended was the same year, so they were kind of on par with each other.
0: Is it, is it like, not good? <laughs> I think Unfriended is
1: better.
2: Yeah, I mean, we're talking, like, in that whole realm, Unfriended is definitely the better one. Because this one's, like, all of a sudden he can, like, hack into, like, traffic cameras and, like, <laughs> see what she's doing from every angle possible. And it's like, that's oh. not how it works. I can't, I don't believe any of this.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well I will I will set my expectations appropriately, but as a self professed fan of Screen Life movies, I feel like I, I, I have to check this one out. That that sounds fun. Oh my god, Jake, you never gonna believe this. Oh god. <laughs> I own it on Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Good night everyone. I can't do this anymore. Shut Come it down. Later. Shut it down. I cannot. This is bad. That's how bad it's gotten with my collecting. I own open windows. I just check my collection. <laughs> that on must my be app. Nice, I though, app. when you hear
1: about an old movie and you're like, "You know this... what? Let me let me consult the stacks." Oh my god, yeah. I
0: can't believe wow. I own that. I've I this is this is crazy. It I'm is a bad fris- I'm a bad person. I have a sickness is what this means. <laughs> wow. All
1: right. Uh, okay. Profile. I I really love the setup um and even though it's purportedly based upon a true story, I would have to imagine loosely i I just felt like the further the movie went along, the less that I could buy the lead character and how in over her head she got. I think there's a version of this story where it's more gradual, and I could buy it a bit more, but instead, like every it, it was borderline insulting. To me, as a viewer, that her eyes started fluttering at his every appearance so very quickly into the story and that she was willing to basically throw away every warning sign, like every 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 bit of spidey sense that any person should have in this situation. You know, she's
2: a red flag of don't join ISIS.
1: <laughs> exactly that. And instead, like she is. You know, in horror movie terms, she is constantly running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. Like, it's insulting. Um, And so – and weirdly enough, like, I felt like I was willing to go with it if the movie had somehow brought it all home in the final act and made it all work. And I felt like – I was hoping that all of the things that it felt like they were setting up for payoffs later on that uh, that appeared as though – I just felt like I knew exactly how the movie was going to end. And I was hoping that the movie was being more clever than that. And it was going to subvert my expectations. And then the movie ended exactly how I thought it would. Like everything that's set up in the first half is paid off beat for beat by the end so that the entire exercise felt pointless to me by the time the credits rolled. And I would, here's the thing. I wish I'd liked it because again, I love the setup. I love that. Subgenre. I, I wanted to be drawn in, and I just couldn't be. Instead, I thought that she was just about the dumbest damn protagonist I've seen in a movie in a very, very
0: long time.
2: Hmm. All right. Okay, I, I yeah you're from. Yeah, okay.
0: I, and I get it, because, yeah, obviously, outside looking in, you know, of course, there are a million red flags. I, I think for me, the reason I was okay with that was because... This is a thing that really happened. Not that, but like that they were recruiting young women that like by all accounts should have known that was a bad idea. But because of sort of their desire for, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, like love fitting in, importance, meaning, whatever. And, And the way the Internet sort of connects people. Um, They were taken in by it like this. This this is a thing that happens. Um, So I think therefore it enabled me to look beyond maybe like what I would see as obvious, because you also had all these elements in her life that she was running from. Right. She was she was constantly sort of chasing any sort of stability. She had zero stability. She was always stressed. She just put on a face like she was happy. She was in a relationship that she was not satisfied by, that she was also running from um, and pretending. And she wasn't honest with anyone. Like Nobody in her world knew how she actually felt or maybe who she actually was. And it was easier for her to reveal herself to this person she was quote-unquote lying to uh, than it was to the people that are supposed to be her loved ones and mm. intimate partners, you know? So I, I think on that level, it, it, it made sense to me and I was able to connect to it, but, but I could, I could see why, you know, the, the other side of that, you know, or not seeing that or not feeling like the movie delivered that.
2: It's very similar to how like cults get you to like, yeah, get with them.
1: Yeah. Don't you have don't you think though in cult movies like that like one of two things has to happen to sell the idea that somebody is going to fall under somebody else's sway either they're not going to be that intelligent or it, it's a very long game and gradually played and I felt like in this like she was a little too intelligent like to be as dumb as she was if that makes any sense at all um
2: I don't... I think it, it's a bit of, like, some people who just are missing that something in their life that they really need yeah. to manipulate them having it. That's why, like, it sucks, but that's why so many, like, single moms or, like, you know, stay-at-home moms end up going for MLMs because they believe that that can create them a better life.
0: Yeah.
2: And it's just yes. a fantasy, and they're kind of playing into it.
1: It reminded me, weirdly enough, the whole thing reminds me now, just speaking about it. A friend of mine uh, once, do, you, do either of you remember the movie that came out? Oh gosh i want to say five or six years ago called compliance
0: i remember it
1: but i That's didn't see her
2: it she like gets gaslit by the guy who's just spying on her through the camera at that fast food chain
1: yes yeah so that was based on a true story and basically um uh, paul if you haven't seen it it's excellent but uh yeah it's just in a fast food chain and a you know uh a young woman who's working on the clock you know pulling a shift is phoned up by a stranger who says he's a cop, and basically she needs to comply with uh, you know his orders, and he characters is played by Pat Healy. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, and so the entire movie is about him not only manipulating this young woman but also her boss and her boss's husband and all of these people just by appearing as an authority figure of sorts and not even appearing like just being a voice on the phone. And the entire thing is very chilling, but where it goes, which is very, very, very dark. Like there is,
2: it gets super dark.
1: Yeah. It gets to the point, Paul, where she is like it, the thing that could lose most people. And I think the movie actually, how to say this. Okay. So there's basically a moment where he, manages to manipulate over the phone this young woman into performing a sex act to mm-hmm. basically yeah it's and it's as dark and horrible as you would expect and the thing is my uh it was based on a true story right
2: yeah. that's the fuck oh, wow.
1: and it uh, yeah and that actually happened and there were charges brought against the guy it, it was terrible Jeez. But a friend of mine made a very good point. He was like, I watched it and he was like, I could not buy that. He was like, I could not buy that the young woman we meet at the very beginning of the movie. who's obviously, you know, very smart and, you know, uh, very able to navigate like the situation up until a point that all of a sudden she could be broken down to the point where that would actually happen. And he was like, and then I saw that it was based on a true story and he watched the documentary and then recommended it to me. And the difference between the events of the movie and the events that occurred in real life is that, and look, I don't want to pass judgment, but the performance in the film given by the actor is such that you believe that your lead is an intelligent young woman. Mm -hmm. The interview of the actual person makes you realize that, this is somebody who is perhaps a little backwards, maybe not quite, you know, very well educated, might have been very pliable in the hands of like a master manipulator, right? Mm-hmm. And so to me, like, I, so comparing like film to, you know, just fiction to fact, I would be willing to put money down that in real life, whatever events that the movie profile, you know, was based on. I would say that there was no romance between the two. I would put money on that. I would say that there was probably a fake relationship created uh, at a certain point. The guy on the other end realizes, you know, what's up. And then, you know, that puts her in danger. I just could not buy the, the, the love story aspect of it. And, if, and I might be wrong about that. Maybe everybody else loved the movie. And I, I definitely listening to you two talk about it, it makes me wish that I had seen that in the movie. But that was just, it was a bridge too far for me.
2: Now, on a similar note, what's your take on Catfish? Because there's like a whole like million season TV show about people literally doing this.
1: Uh,
2: Not the ISIS part, just convincing people to love them. Yeah. And stuff.
1: Sure. No, I I believe that. Well, I mean... But I doubt that any, I can't imagine a single one of those stories starts out or is prefaced with, by the way, the person that you are are potentially going to be talking to and falling in love with is, um, you know, a member of a group that might fucking kill you or other innocent people. Uh, You know,
2: so ever. And, and well, and I would like watch that. that episode. I would watch the shit out of that episode. Never but, you're also, up.
1: but you're also taking somebody, again, like this is not somebody, I understand that the movie d- did do work in trying to point out that like, okay, she doesn't have the most fulfilling you know, life outside of her job. But she's even still taking this character and presenting her as somebody who's gullible enough to know exactly how these guys work to want to expose that and then to fall into the exact same traps that she is trying to shine a light on. It was just, it was, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I wanted to do it, but I couldn't.
2: Fair.
0: Yeah. And it, and it's hard to talk about like the ultimate sort of end point of the movie. Cause we don't want to spoil it. Cause I feel like even nope. though it's an old movie, I feel like just now is when people are getting a chance to see it. But I, I do think the ending speaks to some of those things i don't know i feel like the ending kind of like addresses her um uh, malleability and like whether you know how that sort of calls it out in a way but um i get it i get you know it's just two different ways of kind of viewing it and for me it 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 worked but i i get everything you're saying makes sense too <clears throat>
1: I will say, like, if you're a fan of screen life movies out there, it's probably worth checking out. Maybe I felt a little bit burned because not only did I not care for the movie that much, but I dropped $20 on it as a VOD (laughs) rental. I wanted searching again, man.
0: I wanted uh, to unfriend it again. It's on
2: show all the time, all
0: right? I mean, very few screen life movies achieve what searching does. That's that's like about as good as it gets. I mean, I think it's the best, isn't it? Is it not the best? I really like it. I can't I can't think of another that might top it? I don't know. I know you don't like it, but I do. I do think the den is really good. I like the den.
2: <sighs>
0: I think the, I think the den is really good personally, but I know Jinx isn't a fan. No, I. Here's
1: the thing. I love the den. I think the den is incredibly well made, incredibly effective, and has one hell of a lead performance. And also, fuck that movie for its last minute. <laughs> Last minute ruined the entire film. I I wish I could shove the filmmakers off a cliff.
2: The Den was from twenty thirteen, so like this this pre this predates all the other ones. This might have been the first.
0: Yeah, it yeah might the be. Den's the Den is very good. I I really that's the only one that I would say gives Searching a run for its money. Um, and I, and I actually liked, what was the one like last year? It wasn't really a screen life movie, but it was like mostly a screen life movie about the, the guy who like drove around in his Uber killing people. Oh, God, that was great. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, uh, oh, son of a bitch. It's what the guy was, from
0: Stranger Things.
1: <laughs> it was one of my, it was literally when we had the top yeah. ten. It was yeah. one of my top ten and I can't, it's it was such very a bland good. damn title. I can't remember it. Allie, if you haven't seen it, it's amazing. I feel horrible. Cause... I'm looking it up right now. I can't think of it. Yeah,
2: I don't. I don't even know what that is. But
1: yeah, it's the guy who uh, apparently doesn't wash his hair stars in it. Um, why is it that so every funny. fucking star is talking about their hygiene these days? What What is going on?
2: There's nothing else to talk about. We were in a year of not doing anything. There's no <laughs> Britney. Then like, there's nothing going on.
0: Spree is the Spree. name. Spree. That's it. Spree.
2: Okay, that was on my list, and now I'm like, maybe whatever. Maybe I don't watch it.
1: No, no, Allie,
0: It is. it no, Spree is. Incredible. was good.
2: Oh, okay. I wasn't. Spree
0: was that. very good. It, it, yeah, it, it's 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 not like a screen life movie in the same way that these are because it's like it's a guy who sets up a bunch of GoPros in like his Uber and he wants to go viral and become really famous. So he's like filming everything and he's uploading it. So you get like the comments and people sort of watching it and things. So you get a lot of the elements of a screen life movie with a little bit more of a visual narrative
2: okay Um,
0: yeah Misha Barton's in it that was fun
2: and David Arquette oh good. Oh yeah
0: David Arquette has like a like a pretty decently sized supporting role and he's really good yeah it's a great movie really emotional in it like you yeah he's
1: excellent speaking of of screen life movies there's a really great short film that apparently I don't know might have Might have gotten its first Mm -hmm. festival acceptance. I don't know. It did.
2: I can't say what festival, but it did.
1: That's so exciting.
2: And I made both (laughs) of you guys watch it, so.
1: (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was great. No, it is for listeners out there who might not understand what we're talking about. Allie made a short film called Verified, which is a, uh, Allie, it's eight or nine minutes, right? And it is, uh. It's, and it's weird, here's the thing, like, it's weird to talk about friends' work and not sound like you're being disingenuous or just trying to be kind or whatever. Um, I would oh, hope that listeners out there can trust that uh, I'm I'm brutally honest at times. Uh, I fucking loved it, um, and I, I can't wait to see what people think about it.
2: Oh, shut up. Shut your stupid faces, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, and... It is funny like cuz I am such a big fan of screen life movies so I was really excited to see that it sort of concerned the social media landscape um and I just yeah I thought it was really sleekly done had definitely had like a voice behind it um and it worked really really well like I loved how I mean I, I don't want to say too much about it because I want people to have the experience of watching it and being surprised but I think I think it'll really appeal to people Who are big horror fans, but I also think it'll appeal to just the average audience. That's why I think so good about it. I think I think it it sort of has a universal appeal because of the themes it's dealing with. So I liked it quite a bit.
2: Oh, thank you. I've been so nervous about it because like this is the first thing that I've written and also like directed and like I like kept crying on set. I'm just like, you guys are just so great.
1: (laughs) No, it really is excellent. Like Paul said, I I wouldn't dare delve into spoilers, but I will say that I, and Ali, I told you this too, but I love the fact that you were able to tie like just thematically the particular subgenre that the movie might fall into, into your lead character's sort of journey. And I, I love how those two sort of parallel one another. And, um, I think it should be a feature. I'm just throwing that out there. Just, just as an idea, I think. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, a bunch of people have brought that up to me. I keep now, all I can think of is like, well, how would I turn into a feature? How would I like do it? Do I expand the character more? Do I talk about like the other dude in this short? Like, so I've been toying with it, but I'm going to see how it does in film festivals. And then sweet, we'll see.
0: This could be a stylist situation. This could be just like the stylist where like it goes out to festivals. Everybody loves it. And then we we get a feature out of it. And then Arrow puts it on Blu-ray and I can put it on my shelf. Yes (laughs) Yes.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, if we're talking about films you can put on your shelf, my film is coming out like tomorrow.
0: Now's that space gotta, that reminds me, I got to buy it. <laughs> I I, I want to get the full <laughs> Ellie Chapel filmography. Like I, that's a goal now, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna make a special like shelf for it. <laughs> I will not put them with the rest. I'm gonna separate them out.
2: Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The journey shall begin. It'll be good.
1: Um, Okay, so folks out there, what we're saying is, when you get the chance to watch your short film, definitely check it out.
2: Keep everyone posted when I'm allowed to talk more about it. Sweet. All right,
1: I've got like one movie to talk about this week, and then if you all want, we can go ahead and dive into the movie proper. Have either
0: one of you? Can I just say one more thing? And I'm super sorry to interrupt um i i feel like i need to mention that i did watch till death
2: because you
0: you both told me i had to watch it last week and i did watch it
1: we did browbeat you into it yes
0: so like i and i know you're trying to hurry through it. i'm sorry i just i wanted to at least mention it very very briefly because i know we've already talked about on the podcast um what i'll say is this uh i really liked it a lot (laughs) um i i mean i get what you're saying about how it's sort of like a slow start um, but I thought that like sort of the quiet, meditative, introspective sort of first 30 minutes while it was a little bit slower, really like when you get to the 45 minute mark, when things go sort of haywire, it it makes that a lot more exciting because you were in a like a different movie before. And now all of a sudden you're in this like crazy batshit situation and it just keeps getting crazier. Um, and it wasn't at all what I expected it to be, um, you know, especially when you pitch when when it's sort of, oh, it's Megan Fox handcuffed to a dead body like that's one part of it. But it's a lot more than just that. Um, and I really loved the the experience of kind of discovering what was going to happen next. And Megan Fox was so good. In that so movie. good. So good. So good. Um, but yeah, so I loved it. Thank you guys for pushing me to watch it. It's a good flick. It was so really good.
2: That comes out on Blu-ray. It's bought. like.
0: <laughs> That's how I saw it. I picked up the Blu-ray.
2: Oh, crap. Is it already out? I didn't
0: know that. Just- <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was cheap, too. It was like a $12 Blu-ray. Brand new. So that was exciting.
2: Seems like you got a bootleg.
0: No, I, I got, it, <laughs> got it off the shelf at a Best Buy.
1: <laughs> Have either of you seen Jacob's Wife? Yes.
2: I've seen Jacob's Ladder.
1: I also have that on Blu-ray. <laughs> so do I. I uh, I caught it for the first time. I uh, I picked up the Blu-ray a couple of weeks ago, and I finally watched it this past week. And uh, um, hmm, it's it's God. I don't know how to dive in on actually talking about this movie. Save to say. I don't know. I'll just talk about what it's about. Uh, Barbara Crampton stars as a woman who is meant to be Paul. What would you say in her fifties? Probably who yeah. is sure. trapped in a, she's trapped in kind of a, uh,
2: Oh, swipe. Oh my God. I'm an idiot.
1: Oh, have you seen it?
2: <laughs> yes. I've definitely seen this movie. Okay, cool. <laughs>
1: um, she is trapped. Not that's the thing. She's not trapped in a loveless marriage, but she's trapped no. in a marriage. That's kind of, it's, it's kind of run out of steam, you it's know, lost, it's lost. Yeah. Black. She's, uh, she's married to, uh, a preacher played by Larry Fessington, who is really fantastic in it. And it's worth noting that Barbara Crampton is fantastic as well. And, um, just to dash through this, th- through a series of events, she winds up getting bitten by a vampire and she finds, kind of like a new lust for life. And, um, <laughs> and the movie kind of charts her progression as a, uh, as, as, as a burgeoning member of the undead and all the hijinks that ensue because of that. But it also portrays the kind of spark that it gives her marriage. And, uh, I thought it was really interesting that Fessenden's character could have been portrayed, so easily as just being kind of a bore and kind of a jackass. And certainly he is at times, but I thought it was interesting that he had enough dimension to make him a human being too. And he wasn't, uh, I, I thought the most interesting stuff in the movie was when they sort of come together again as, uh, as a couple, you know, and yeah. begin working together towards a, uh, you know, kind of a common goal. I'm trying to dance around spoilers here, but I guess the movie kind of lost me when maybe I don't know, at a certain point, it felt like it completely lost its handle on the tone that it was trying to take. You know um, the, the the first half of the movie seems to be kind of like this grim, you know, sober meditation on, you know, a failing marriage and um, you know, a woman who's unfulfilled, you know, in her, You know, not her twilight years, but, you know, she's further on in life and, you know, there are things that she wanted to do and she didn't get to. And, you know, that's obviously sort of hanging over her. And I thought all of that stuff was fantastic Mm -hmm. when it tries to juggle that with. Some of the goofier elements you know that kind of present themselves later on in the film i just thought the movie became a bit of a mess and as a result it kind of tanked the entire thing for me uh i'll say the final like there's a big climactic battle near the end and i actually for a moment couldn't believe that it was committed to to screen the way it was like it was so poorly staged i i just i i I was it stunned me, actually, how badly it all worked at the very end. But um, and yet even for that, like I, I still think that probably overall still has a great script. It has a couple of great performances and it's still worth seeking out, I think. But just temper your expectations about halfway through the movie, because unfortunately, I don't think it sticks to the landing very well.
2: I mean, I agree with you fullheartedly. I was like half into that movie watching it, and then I'm like, uh, eh, you lost me and I kinda of don't really care anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'm the odd man out on this one. I, I liked it. I, I think although that's kind of my issue is like I'm I'm kind of somebody that's like really forgiving on movies. I feel like I like most things. For God's sakes, I like Space Jam too. Um but like <laughs>
2: <certainly>, <laughs> nothing. <huh? laughs>
0: Well, you know, but uh, I like Jacob's wife. I thought um, I agree. I mean, I think tonally it's all over the place, but I kind of dug that. I don't know. I liked that the tone seemed to waver sort of um, sporadically, as did Barbara Crampton's kind of slowly shifting character. You know, like as she becomes more vivacious and full of life, the film also does. Um, at, at some points it becomes like practically an action movie, like a c- action comedy, you know, and then it goes back to like an introspective drama. And then it, it just, it jumps from moment to moment, um, on the whims of sort of Barbara Crampton's characters, mood swings as she's adapting to becoming a vampire. Um, and for me that, that worked, um, and I thought it was fun, um, I also really just enjoyed seeing Barbara Crampton like really give and I don't this isn't a slight to anything she's been doing or has done. But I feel like this is the first time one of the first times since she's sort of been reintroduced to horror that she's really been able to give a full fledged performance, not a supporting role. You know, but a main character with 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 interesting emotional repercussions to the actions being taking place on screen and then pairing her with Larry Fessenden, who also is such a great actor. And he does show up in things from time to time. But those two together were just I just found them to be an electric couple, you know, even when they were having problems and especially like Jinx said, sort of at the end when they kind of reconnect um, to deal with their life going forward. I was just, I I was enthralled with sort of their interactions. Um, And, and yeah, that's, that's a lot more about the actors than maybe the movie around them, but it was enough for me to really enjoy what I was seeing. So while I agree that it's, it's not a perfect movie, uh, certainly some of the stuff visually and, and narratively doesn't work but it kind of all gets forgiven because of those other things that do work so well. Can I
1: ask did without getting into spoilers, because again, it's a relatively new movie, but I'll just ask, did the final shot work for you? Yeah, I like, I like that. I like to me. It felt like everything the movie was, it felt like it was building toward one thing that that final shot betrays for just kind of a gag like it felt like a joke it felt like i don't
0: i don't don't agree with that i (sighs) because i think i think there's um a complicated duality to their relationship that will never go away um i i i think it's about to go away pretty quickly (laughs) 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 given given how it ends um yeah, maybe not. No, I, but, I, I don't agree. I think it's, I think it's something that's going to hop back and forth. Um, and I think that, but that's part of like dealing with a vampire because <laughs> they're going to have uncontrol. I don't know. I just think that there's, there's you, elements to it that are com- complicated.
1: You don't think that that? Oh God, it's so hard to talk about it without spoiling anything. Um, yeah. You don't think that relationship. Is going
0: to... Uh... No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. In, but, in... but that's just me. I mean, I, I get what you're saying. I totally understand what you're referring to and what yeah. you think is happening. I just I just don't see it that way. But what, that... What, do you, what do you think
1: is happening there, then? Because I... Well, obviously, here's the thing: is that you might think one thing about how the next five seconds are going to go, and I could think that too. And the great thing about the movie, I yeah, would say in that regard, is it'll that, play out you know, the way
0: you think it and asks us,
1: to you know to, to come up with our own ending. But to me, it felt yeah, like right. it was leaning pretty hard in one direction. Which again, just again, it felt like kind of a betrayal of everything that had come up until that point. I would be curious
0: to your listeners talk a...
1: about it once they've seen it.
0: Yeah, and I, I'll also say I think it's sort of a um, a metaphor for their rekindled uh, intimate relationship in a way. Like that's, it's now intertwined with that kind of battle, sort of, if that makes sense. But I'm trying to be vague.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm glad you
1: liked it. Um yeah. But yeah, I, I I wish I'd liked it more. That's
0: cool. Well, I, I like stuff, and I know that I'm not always right, or I don't know. Well, there's I'm in no the way. minority sometimes. But <laughs> I, but yeah, that one worked for me. All right. Um. Yeah. It, I
1: I I wish I'd liked it more. I really do. Uh, but again, I would agree with you that I think the movie is worth watching simply for the two lead performances. I it's worth your time to check it out for that alone, I think.
2: Oh yeah. I'll watch anything with Barbara And I love her.
1: <laughs> I was I think the last thing I saw her in before this was what maybe Puppet Master, The Litless Reich, the uh and she was only in it for, you know, a small oh, yeah, amount of like time, the weird
2: but... security guard for the museum or whatever, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, the I love when she's doing her entire speech in one of the uh the German oh gosh, uh the 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 German sightseers, the German visitor who is part of the tour group, uh, contradicts her and she snaps at them. <laughs> Says at one point what is she is just like, "I'm sorry, what was that? Was that did, was was that a no? Was that a 9? You know, was <laughs>
2: <laughs> Like she definitely steals like she steals the scenes for sure.
1: She's she's, horrible. she's very good in that movie, yeah. All right, well I tell you what, unfortunately that is pretty much the only horror movie that I can talk about that I watched this past week. I'm going to try and do better for uh for the next episode, but
2: I think I feel bad.
1: <laughs> no, well, I like I said, I, I really have seen... You know, I had hoped to check out Don't Breathe 2 this past mm-hmm. weekend, but I didn't get around to it. But this coming week, I'm hoping to catch it and The Night House, which I think looks amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, The Night House looks
2: good. Yeah, great. I forgot about
1: that. It's looking good. A lot of, lot of horror on the big screen. Is
2: Don't um, Breathe
1: 2 on VOD or no? I think it's theatrical only for...
2: For a bit.
1: Yeah, it'll probably be for what like three or four weeks and I would most
2: a month and then it'll be on some sort of streaming platform
1: and Paul I'm really I'm Paul this is not me twisting the knife this is me tossing the ball to you so you can go ahead and take it for a second uh so you can vent a little bit maybe but uh I'm just gonna throw out that the green knight might have gone straight to VOD but they didn't elect to do that straight away did they Paul
0: no they didn't I, yeah, they announced this, like, screening room thing for A24 for the Green Knight, and after you guys talked about it last week, I was so excited. I was like, oh, cool. So I bought my ticket for Wednesday, only to find out that on Thursday, it's going wide with VOD. (laughs) So So I could have just watched it at my leisure, whatever I wanted. Now I have to, like, tune in at 8 p.m. on a Wednesday, which is, like, super inconvenient for me. Wow! Uh, be, with my kids and everything. Um, and I only did it because I was like, oh, this is going to be my only chance, you know, to to see it. So I could talk about it and like be one of the cool kids.
2: I mean, you're not going to regret seeing it. No,
0: I'm yeah, I'm happy I'm going to see it. Yeah, I, for sure. I just, you know, I probably would have waited a day and watched it late yeah. at night. Have you looked into possibly getting a refund or? Oh, they're not refunding. I, I asked a what? couple of friends the who uh, fuck. who also were annoyed about it and several people already reached out to them and they're like yeah no refunds and we're like okay so yeah it's it's not great um but again i'm i'm very excited to see the green knight so wednesday night i will see it <laughs> because You're i have to
2: <laughs> that's what I have my
0: <laughs> we will i'm, I'm looking excited. forward to talking to you yeah yeah I'm, I'm psyched yeah i'm really
1: excited about it Heck yeah! All right, I think it's less for a vampire time. What do you think?
0: Yeah, let's do
2: what? it. What? we don't want to talk about all the films I watched this week that have nothing to do with horror. Uh,
0: you can name one that is similar to Space Jam Two because I talked about Space Jam Two.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I watched good films that just weren't horror.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. That's fair. <laughs>
2: Damn. But, uh, like forever. Whether you like him or not, everyone needs to go on Amazon Prime and watch the Val Kilmer doc.
1: Oh, yeah. I need it's, to see it.
2: It's beautiful. It's heartbreaking. It's just it's everything you want it to be and more.
1: I haven't seen it yet, but I asked somebody. I think it was Brad Miska. He had mentioned that he had watched it, and I was like, does he cover the island of Dr. Moreau at all in the making of that movie? And apparently he just kind of glosses it.
2: That- over it, but also there's a full documentary about that movie and the making of it, which I feel like <sighs> you didn't need to there
1: is I, i i guess the reason i wanted him to talk about it is because for 20 some years ever since fango 152 or 153 back in the day the narrative has been that richard stanley was the brilliant filmmaker that came up against val kilmer the dickhead megastar who wound up getting him fired off of his uh his passion project and Val Kilmer was the bad guy and that's the story. And we're sticking to it. And then there was an entire documentary that sort of, you know, bolstered that, uh, that side of things. And given, given last year
2: and, you know, you know, things so that... that have maybe come up about Richard Stanley. Yeah,
1: like... yeah exactly. Now I'm wondering, I'm so
0: crushed by that
1: same here. Suck. I got to interview the man and it was honestly the coolest thing that I'd ever done up until that point. I was giddy Paul. I think I told you, I was like, I'm genuinely nervous. Like I'm about to interview my hero, a guy that I have loved since I first read him chatting in like one of my first Fangos when I was a kid, when he was talking about hardware and I got to talk to him about the sequel and I loved it. And then, Those horrifying allegations came out and then just dead silence on his end. I just I reached out to John. I was like, and that article no longer appears on bloody disgusting. I was like, dude, if you could just pull it, that'd be great. And to his credit, John was like, no questions asked. He was like, yep, done. Wow. Yeah, I was
2: very. John's such a good guy. He's awesome. But I was like, in, like just enthralled with him. And a couple of years ago, he was at the Fantasia Film Festival in Montreal, and he was like at the bar, like reading people's tarot cards. And I'm sitting across the table from him, being like, "Do I ask for this? Do I ask for him to read my tarot cards? I don't know what to do right now." And he like, <laughs> at me, he was like, "Hey, how's your night?" And I'm like, <laughs> "And there was, like, oh, I have to leave. This, this is done. I've lost my moment. I made an ass. I have to go." <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: amazing. I just, I guess you know, I. I just wish Kil and here's the thing, it's possible that both things are true. It's possible that, you know, he I mean, he's that guy. And also Val Kilmer might have been an asshole and got his director fired. You know, that's true. But I'm I'm not so willing to believe that it was so very one-sided anymore after that. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, and yeah, that's that's a complicated thing. I feel like unless you were there, you can't really say either or and they don't really talk about it in the doc. they definitely do just kind of gloss over the whole thing and they're like yeah richard stanley was such a direct and he was there for a little bit and then he got fired and then we moved on and it's like okay yeah.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah. be curious to see i still want to watch this so it was overall ally pretty great doc.
2: Oh, it's i didn't realize how much that like cancer had affected val and his voice and everything but like he's got one of those tubes that go into your throat that you have to like put your finger on to oh, talk but not breathe at the same time so his voice is all weird and like it was very heartbreaking to see that part of it because I didn't realize how talented he I think because when I got introduced to Val Kilmer I got introduced to him during his Batman time <laughs> and I was like eh he kind of sucks but then you go, <laughs> and then you watch this and you're like oh no he's so good like he was youngest person to get into juilliard for the acting program and like he would just like make audition tapes and send them to directors even when they weren't asked for he was just like no and that's how he got his part in oliver stone's the doors and he got to play jim morrison i also had to go and watch that movie because i was like i didn't know there was a movie about the doors
1: (laughs) that's what did you think
2: i really liked it like it was a very it the movie plays like a Doors song, which I really like. Like it's kind of quick but slow, but kind of all over the place, and then like it all comes together at the end.
1: God, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then is I got it. A- not eerie. How much he <laughs> looks and sounds like him.
2: That's what the big thing is, and you see his audition tape for that for like Jim Morrison, and you're just like, oh my god, like no one else can play him. It's Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer is Jim Morrison. Absolutely. So, like, it changed my whole opinion on him, and just, oh, God bless him, and God bless his son for like, putting that whole thing together. And his son does his voice that he narrates it as Val Kilmer, which I think is a very interesting way of doing it.
0: Oh, interesting.
2: And it's it's very it's fun and it's heartbreaking and it's it's eye opening and it's a whole masterclass in acting.
0: Hmm. Damn it! I can't wait. I want to watch it tonight. I'm excited to see it. Yeah does he does he talk about Tombstone? That's oh, what I want to know.
2: There he talks about it because he, like, the whole premise of this doc is that he videotaped his entire life. And he has just boxes and boxes of footage. And there's so many, like, clips of, like kurt russell like talking about his mustache and like Oh
0: man okay now i want to see this because i i adore tombstone i feel like val kilmer's doc holiday is like one of the great performances in all of cinema i'm not even kidding i think i legitimately think it's one of the best performances like in a movie
1: (laughs) could you imagine back in the 90s if there had been a spinoff movie just about him
2: and his story
0: god for sure he should he should have won an Oscar for yeah. that movie. Like if that's why Oscars exist for roles yeah. like Doc Holliday. But anyway, I digress.
1: Oh no, Paul. Um, well, I think um, I don't even know why I'm mentioning this. I know it's going to end their friendship, but um, uh, Allie, maybe ours too. Um, um, probably. I actually prefer the Wyatt Earp film over Tombstone, but hear me out. I think Val Kimmer's performance is the best thing in either movie. Does that make
0: sense? Like,
1: I think it's better it than anything in like both
0: movies combined. Yeah. Well, and I'll be—I'll be honest. I've not seen the Wyatt Earp film. I yeah. haven't seen it, 59. so I can't—I can't say that you're wrong. You might 100% be right. <laughs> I just okay, I've only seen Tombstone of the two. It just—it was one of those things, like you
1: know, back in the day when uh, those blockbusters would come out, and one would always try and ape the other, beat it to the punch, like uh, sure. you know, Volcano and Dante's Peak, right. you know, stuff like that. And so it was Tombstone versus Wyatt Earp, and out of the two, like I—I I remember all of my friends at school would go on and on about Tombstone, and I—the first movie that I wound up seeing, and maybe that has something to do with it, but why it was Wyatt Earp, and it was very much a. Um, you know, it's kind of like an Oscar Beatty, like, you know, prestige drama, you know, with all of these great actors. And it's it's and it sounds like I'm I'm knocking it for that. I'm really not. I It's incredibly well made. And it's just a big, sprawling, epic, you know, biopic of a movie. And I adore it. And then when I saw Tombstone, it was kind of like it felt like a reduction of that story to like. Kind of a rote action film, you know but in a Western setting, maybe not too far removed from young guns. And I like young guns, but that that's just kind of what it seemed to me. But the thing is, is that Kilmer's performance is so damn good in the film that it elevates it by a couple of notches, you know, like it's, Honestly, I think if you could remove his performance and plunk him, I'm sorry, Dennis Quaid, but if you could plunk Val Kilmer down into the middle of Wyatt Earp alongside uh, Kevin Costner instead, I think you would have pretty much a perfect film.
2: I get that. I mean, I could see him playing Doc Holliday in every movie, even movies that don't call for him.
1: He could play Doc Holliday (laughs) in Batman forever, and it would have been a better film. Batman is everybody's Huckleberry. (laughs) all oh, right we're, we're, we're an hour in <laughs> we <laughs> we always do this, this we've talked just we about do. two and a half movies okay we've spent an hour
0: all right let's talk about quiet place 2 now
1: <laughs> lust for a vampire let's cue it up however we're watching it uh whether it be a scream factory blu-ray or if you've rented it on amazon if you have an old dvd um, I will say, I am watching it on Amazon Prime. We need, and by we, I mean myself and listeners out there who are watching it on Amazon Prime. We need to go ahead and skip past that very pretty but very useless Studio Canal logo at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Golly, it's hypnotic.
2: Wait, I have a Studio Canal logo at the beginning of mine, too, but I have the the Shout Factory.
0: Oh, is yeah. it on? Okay.
2: It's on the Blu-ray, too, so don't think you're special, all right?
0: It's because it was the Studio Canal transfer that they're using. Allie,
1: I got to tell you, this particular instance aside, I am pretty special. I'm special-ish.
2: are both so special?
1: I'm special. All right. So the very first frame of the movie, there isn't even a fade in, which tells you this movie isn't fucking around. It just cuts right to the EMI Film Productions Limited logo. So let's go ahead and jump to that frame. Let's everybody pause. We're going to do a countdown and then we're going to press play together. Ready, everyone, here in five, four, wait, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Ready? Okay, rock on. And in five, four, three, two, one, and play. All right. EMI Film Productions Limited. We did. Is, is doing something. It doesn't say presents, it doesn't say, you know, it's whatever. It's
2: just there, you know, whatever.
0: Uh, Hammer Productions.
2: Oh, I love that pink font. I was like, going
0: to say the pink font. It
2: like works it. so well. Especially when you get to like point. the opening credits scene where they go through all the names and everything. Like,
1: Can I ask you both, regardless of what happens later in the movie, and golly, a lot of stuff happens later in the movie. But this opening, with the sort of uh, the jolly music and the bright lighting and the clear stage that they're shooting on. Did this strike anyone as being very 1960s Disney TV show at all?
2: Well, no, yeah. you said it. Well, very and it's Zorro, also, you know.
0: Oh, sorry. No, it, it, it's, it's also, re- this opening's very similar to Captain Kronos. Like, girl in the woods, person in a, cl- like, black watching them, oh, sneaking yeah. up on them. It's, it's very, very kronos
2: Everything comes back to Kronos.
0: Kronos is better though. I swear. Everything everything in the seventies vampire wise just feels like a Kronos thing. Like Kronos <laughs> kind of set the mold in my eyes. Even though I think that comes well anyway. There should but, have
1: been there should have been a Kronos cinematic universe. He should have been popping up in the background of all of these movies.
0: All of these movies could oh, yeah. tie into Kronos. I say it every time, but it's the
2: Kronos but, universe. KCU. Yeah. I would
0: I would love it. Absolutely love it. Okay,
1: um, so part of me watches the sequence and I try and imagine why a young woman would jump into a random stranger's cab. But then I'm reminded of stories about how people used to leave their doors unlocked in 1950s America. And I think, well, a couple hundred years ago, maybe there wasn't anything to be afraid of, you know?
2: Also Except some there was. People are just like nice and charming. You don't want to walk places.
0: Well, I think that might be indicative of like the nice music and Disney sort of feeling that you mentioned. Like oh, these are You're these perfect. are trusting perfect. people, you know, like they 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 trust that, you know, everyone around there is good and is going to take care of them. But um so this is a sequel, right, in a lot of ways uh to Vampire Lovers. Okay. And I was reading that this this was uh, they, they commissioned the sequel two days into the production of Vampire Lovers. Wow. That's how like sure they were. And all three of the uh, movies like in this series were written by the same guy, right? Tudor Gates. Tudor Gates. Yeah. Who uh, who wrote twins of evil and went back thing. to the well three times
1: to the <laughs> LeFano novel. It's weird. Do they, Paul? I have only read the one page in the Hearn Barnes book about this movie, and they noted uh-huh. that, like you noted, like two days into it, you know, the, the, the sequel idea was sort of uh, slid across the desk. In any of your research, did they talk about why AIP, who had actually, you know, they'd partnered with Hammer for the Vampire Lovers, they passed on doing a sequel even before the first movie came out? Did they ever explain yeah. why?
0: Uh, well, they gave four hundred thousand to um, to vampire lovers and they didn't see like they didn't get the returns they expected off of that is the end result. And it was just a dollars and cents thing like they, they were enticed by the premise, but it was sort of a been there, done that thing. Like once they did it and they saw the returns they're like, OK, we're good. We're going to keep doing other things. And then also that movie kind of paved the way for more sexually explicit vampire content in the U S and they felt like they could just start you know, producing their own stuff and going in a different direction. Um, from what I read, um, but this movie weirdly had like a lot of strange things happen, like issue wise, because it was supposed to originally be a much more prestige hammer movie. I mean, it was going to be Terrence Fisher and Peter Cushing was going to be in the Ralph Bates role um so like
2: it was was supposed to be in this
0: yeah ingrid pitt was was sort of courted to be uh carmilla again and pitt read the script and said it was terrible so she wouldn't do it plus she was doing countess dracula at this time so these were sort of shot simultaneously terrence fisher had his second accident walking out of a bar and getting hit by a car because apparently he liked to play uh a game with cars when he was drunk, which isn't a great oh, hobby.
2: Something?
0: Oh yeah. Hey uh don't uh don't knock it until you try it. <laughs> Terrence Fisher so. liked to play chicken with like cars <laughs> when he was drunk. I
2: play chicken.
0: <clears throat> you you Badly. try to jump you see who jumps out of the way first and uh both times he that failed.
2: Car wins.
0: <laughs> the car did win, yeah. Um and then Cushing's wife, this was when she was getting really sick so he had to he had to bow out at the last second. So, like, you know, it went from this prestige production to everyone filling in at the last minute. Um, and I, I do wonder and I what this movie would have been under Terrence Fisher's direction. Like better. Well,
2: yeah, that was yeah, my whole thing. Sure. Was what this movie could have been with that original lineup of people.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: it, we- it would have been a totally different thing. Look at this man's widow's peak. That's got to be
0: spray painted on beautiful. When I he looks he just looks like he's trying to be Christopher Lee. So
2: he's so like, desperately.
0: Well, and you know the close-ups of his eyes actually are Christopher Lee's eyes, right? Like yep. <laughs> they just they just I'm took those to frames. But they just that's the thing that kills me and like
1: not only it's not all down to budget you know, you do the close-ups of Christopher Lee's eyes that are all bloodshot in a close-up, and then you, you pull out, and it's the other actor, and his eyes are fine, like, noticeably fine. And it's this is a movie that doesn't give a rat's ass about continuity. It doesn't oh, mind cutting lazy. corners, being shoddy, lazy. You're right, lazy as hell. Yeah. And yeah. yet, for all of that, it's—and we've all talked about this. Maybe, spoiler alert, I guess, you know, but I, I think we're all uh, in I agreement here. 71.
2: There's no spoilers. It's been Be fair.
1: Well, I mean, for the podcast and our opinions, like I, we're, we're in agreement here. This is not a good movie, but I think no. <laughs> it's a really fun movie in the sense that y- if I had never seen a Hammer film before and I had only seen a uh, Fright Night. And gotten an impression as to what Hammer was through Peter Vincent and the sort of offhand remarks they make about his movies. And then, you know, maybe watching Ginger Snaps and seeing that terrible 70s werewolf movie playing in the background, right? Like, if that's what I thought Hammer was, like, this movie would be what I thought Hammer was and not what it actually is. Like, this encapsulates, like, everything that is Hammer but does it badly. And uh, as a result, like,
2: it's kind of fun. Oh, my favorite thing is him just like not even looking, pouring that cup of blood, and it just <laughs> everywhere. Like, yeah, don't eat this whole just like throw it on top. It's fine
0: for sure. Like, this whole opening feels like a, a poor man's version of Dracula's resurrection in Prince of Darkness. Oh, 100 percent. Just like, oh, let's let's yeah. and uh, Jinx, you said it so perfectly. It's like Hammer plays the hits. But like in a shitty, like you know, twenty years past its prime kind of way. Oh, so this but, is
1: the cover band of Hammer. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and you also said in a text that it felt like a parody of a Hammer movie, and I think that's a really accurate. This this is Keenan
1: <laughs> Ivory Wayne's Hammer movie. I
2: yeah. would pay all of the money to see them do that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like and Allie, is- this, watching this movie reminded me of the initial conversation we had about like Mel Brooks and what he was doing. And I feel like this movie feels very close in line with like a Dracula Dead and loving it. Like, Really There's so many, speci- yeah, like little guy. touches that just feel like Brooks was like, oh, yeah, this movie, just taking notes
2: a joke. during
0: this film.
2: Connor Stein, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. I do
2: love the very obvious tubes of blood around this oh, yeah, skeleton. Yeah. That's probably yeah, we could just see it thing. clear day. <laughs> it's like, let's not even try and, like, let's not tape it to the bottom of the skeleton or anything and hide it. Let's just, no. you know, it's out there. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's, oh, seeing Christopher Lee is sad because it makes me wish he was here. It's oh. such a shoddy,
1: shoddy movie, and yet again, like it's it's that shoddiness that makes it kind of fun to me. And I'm not defending this as a good movie. It's anything but. But I had a great time watching it. I wish we'd watch this movie a couple of weeks from now when I could drink again, because like if ever there was a Hammer movie to drink to, I think this one's it.
2: Oh, there are yeah. so many things you could drink to. You can make a solid drinking game out of this.
0: Yeah. Well, and it it just revels in that new Hammer sort of like sexuality and violence that they're they're chasing. Like, you know, just as I, as we talked about last yeah. week with Countess Dracula, how it's nothing like what you'd think a 70s Hammer movie would be and what the poster sells. Whereas this movie is exactly what you think it is. You know, it's like the movie Pieces. It's exactly what you think.
2: (laughs) think. And you can't be disappointed. You're like, well, it says that right in the title.
1: (laughs) Yeah. um, Paul, you mentioned this, you know, as far as like reveling in the seventies, of it all, like I think you noted in a text, Allie, we we need to get in, like, a Hammer Pub text Yeah, can we thread. start
0: a group text?
1: Because like, Paul and I text one another all the time, and then you and I were DMing, too. And I was
0: just like, this needs to be a group thing, because... I think we need a group text. If we're all going to co-host this thing, I think, which, or, or, like, a Slack or something. Ooh,
2: a Slack. I could do a Slack. I don't, slack. Even, that's what, I don't that's even know what, what that the is. Dead
0: Ringers, that's what we do with Dead Ringers. We have, like, a Slack going.
2: Hey, you're on this podcast now, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> one?
0: Stop podcast cheating, Quit
2: fucking the dead rich podcast. I'm sorry.
0: I'll stop. I'll I'll cut things off with Nolan. We had Scott Dribbit on though, so that was fun. Also, what? I will say, if he is
1: listening out there, Nolan, congratulations. Yeah, he got married yesterday. That's awesome.
2: Oh, good for him. Yeah, I don't know Nolan, but hey, man,
1: <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Paul. You noted when we were texting scenes in this where the girls are all just topless. And giving each other massages (laughs) feels a (laughs) bit like animal house like
0: yes it felt like a bit from
1: animal house for sure and you know it's shameless and like i agree with that but i'll say too like i felt like there was something like having watched this movie like it was oddly weirdly like kind of refreshing in that regard simply because like this is exploitation that isn't mean-spirited or overly crass or what we'd think of as being like grindhouse but it isn't neutered either you know which is kind of like a tough balance to strike and in that regard i kind of appreciate
0: that about the movie if that makes sense i i get that i mean it's a weird thing because a lot of that stuff came from produce well again from what i've read and heard um one of the producers michael Style. Who, um, between him, Harry Fine, and Tudor Gates, those were sort of the the people who conceived these movies, pitched them to Carreras, and sort of pursued them to completion. And he, like, but Style was like the loud one that pissed everybody off. Like, there was some sort of question as to whether or not Roy Ward Baker would return for this movie, and he just had no interest in working with Style again. And in Sangster's uh, book, that uh, what was it? You Want It Good or Tuesday? Was that do you want it
1: good or Tuesday? Yeah,
0: Yeah, that's yeah. He talks. uh, He writes about sort of his interactions uh, with style. And like there's one scene he was talking about, um, like that very first scene where the coach pulls up like the opening um, and he, you know, they were shooting it. And the coach pulls up and uh, Sangster's like, "Okay, cool. We got it. You know, cut. We're good. Let's move on. And Style like stepped up. And again, this was like early on shooting and he interrupted uh, Sangster and was like, I think we can do better than that. Like, just to, like, oh. challenge his authority. And this is this is Jimmy Sangster. This is a guy who wrote Curse of Ra- Like, this is not some, you know, random guy. This is, like, a founder of Hammer in a way. Yeah, this, and is, Sangster,
1: this is Jimmy, who the fuck yeah. do you think you're talking to? Sangster. So, so
0: Stang- yeah. Sangster stood up, looked at him, and said, okay, if you think you can uh, do it better, then you fucking shoot the movie. And he walked <laughs> off set. And he walked off <laughs> set. And he just walked away. And so Style had to go and, like, get him back and then like style just like pouted in his trailer for a couple days or something. And like, Love but it. like that was the kind of contention that was on set with that guy, but he was the one who demanded like as much sex and violence
2: as possible. I am
0: more nudity sure
2: for levels of pettiness.
0: Yeah. It was a very petty <laughs> shoot. And apparently he was like that on all three films. Um And there were other times too, but that was like one of the more funny stories, but like, there was almost a constant level of him questioning what he was doing, what he was shooting, if he couldn't shoot it differently, just to sort of like put his own stamp on it, I guess. But it created a very an unpleasant uh, shooting environment for the for the creators, from what I can tell.
1: You know, you noted the name of his book. Do you want a good or Tuesday? Paul, I texted you at one point, I think halfway through this movie, I was like, well, this is uh, this is Tuesday. This is Tuesday as hell. This is
0: is Tuesday.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That is very true. But you know what? For for everything, like, the performances are not great. The story, not great. Pacing, also not great. But I will say this. I'll hand it to Sangster. One thing here. He
0: shoots the living hell out of this film.
2: Oh, yeah. No one's questioning that part. It's everything else.
0: (laughs) And it's very practical, you know, like he's not very artsy with it, but it's it's very direct. Like uh, the movie flows pretty well visually Um, and there are some good artistic sequences in it.
2: I also Um, think there's more color in this one. Like it feels like, yeah, really amped up for like a Technicolor release because all they're wearing these beautiful like robes and these dresses that are all like different shades and like the cloaks and everything. Also, we're coming up to like my favorite scene in the movie, which I'm really bummed wasn't a musical number. <laughs> like it just <laughs> seems like there should be like a, a Rodgers and Hammerstein thing. Like they're going to start singing and dancing.
1: Ali, you had mentioned that like <laughs> there should be Lust for a Vampire the musical and oh, uh, yeah, that would I was like, good.
2: we would all pay money for that.
1: Oh, Can you imagine so with an money. all cast rendition
0: this... of Strange Love? This feel. This feels like. This feels like the scene in Monty Python and the Holy Grail when he goes to like the all girls castle that are just trying to seduce him.
2: Yeah.
0: Like it's just so shamelessly like here here's a, a a house of beautiful women who are just innocent in here to sort of be seduced you know and it's 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 just so blatant,
2: it's but so- I. But this like, this lawn yoga thing that they're doing, like, this type yeah. of stuff. And I'm, like, this should have been a musical number. Like, they oh, should yeah. have, like, guys, let's write a song real quick. We'll do a nice dance. We have all these women. We have a full chorus. Like, why not?
0: I would like there's to think that There's a Wicker Schaffer, Man. There's totally, a Wicker man quality to I was this, getting like, ready too. to say
1: that, like, Anthony Schaffer had to have seen this movie and thought,
0: I can do this one better. A thousand. Yeah. Th- like, like you should walk up on this and go, there's no way I could possibly trust this situation. Something is wrong here. You know, but instead he's like, I am, I am in love and, you know, I must stay here forever.
1: Do you all mind if at every point that Lestrange sees a blonde woman, I can just make the sound that I think he's thinking in his head, which is something along the lines of like, her, 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 or something like that. (laughs) Wait, okay, here it is. Her, her, her. Like that's what's gotta be going on behind that man's eyes. Look at him.
0: It's interesting that they didn't, like, cast someone that that looked remotely like Ingrid Pitt, like (laughs) a totally different, like, to play Carmilla, like, since it's the same character. It's interesting that they just went, no, younger, blonde, like, just a completely different person. Paul, I gotta disagree with you. Allie, be the tiebreaker here. I
1: think Yuta Stensgaard, I think, to me, she kind of looks like a younger Ingrid Pitt.
0: I, I didn't. I mean, I hear they're you.
2: They're all just blonde white women and <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yes, that is true. Like it's very
2: clearly had a type. <laughs> and also, if you see a large group of women just hanging out, dancing in dresses, yeah, don't trust them.
0: Yeah, they're they're up to something.
2: I went sure. to a dance college. They're plotting something.
1: I've seen Suspiria. She's I know it be Oh yeah. I'm I telling
0: would you
2: love... That. Don't trust any girl who goes to a dance college. They're all conniving little witches. (laughs) I from experience because I am one. Oh my! Also, the like the cloak budget in this film is phenomenal. Everybody has one.
0: I also like the harp. Mm. Harp's a nice touch. Heck yeah! What, What do we think about Ralph Bates here in this movie? I love him, but I got
1: to tell you, I think he kind of phoned this one in.
2: He definitely did. He's also no Peter Cushing.
0: No. And it's, it's, (sighs) I do like that it's a very different character for him, you know, compared to like horror Frankenstein. Like it's a totally different sort of thing, but yeah, he, he just comes off as this skeevy kind of perv who's just sneaking around and like not, I don't know. Not a lot of life to what he's doing.
1: You don't get Ingrid
0: Pitt here even a little bit?
2: No, I'm saying you do. But I'm also saying that they're all just, you know, blonde hair. I
0: don't. I, I I just feel like she's... I feel like they just went in a different direction. But, I mean, that might just be me. You know, it is
1: weird. One of the things... The the, the setup of the film is that Carmilla has been reincarnated, right? It's in the text of the movie that, hey... You can explain away why your leading lady looks completely different because we couldn't get the actor from the previous movie. She elected not to come back. And so she was reincarnated. She was reborn. And now she looks like a completely different actor, right? They could have done that. But halfway through the movie, they do the thing where it's like, I found an old painting and it looks exactly like you. It's like, well, son of a bitch.
0: It would have been cool if it was Ingrid Pitt in the painting. Oh I do God, like totally. so. We had our first bit of uh, unnecessary nudity just now.
2: <laughs> like, there was no need for that, but cool. No
0: need, but yeah, I'm fine. It's it's cool. It's flagrant, but you know, again, it's exactly what you think of when you think like, oh, this is what 70s horror would probably be.
2: You know, more is gonna come, so it's fine. Like two you know, seconds later, doing that weird massage scene.
0: Yeah. Could you uh, could you massage my shoulders? Oopsie. <laughs> Topless massages is something wrapped. that every. Oh woman does you know they just they sit around I mean, again I, I, it's that animal house scene where they're pillow fighting
1: paul it was a different time it was a different time
2: this is just how ladies are we all hang out together we're all like we should just like be naked right i knew that's-
0: it i knew it that's how it is is that, is I, that I do what like... happens in dance
1: schools
2: oh you wouldn't believe this stuff that happens in dance schools
0: I I do like the, I do like the role reversal here a little bit, like instead of, um, you know, like instead of her seducing, instead of Camilla seducing the girl, like she's seducing her kind of, I think that's interesting.
1: Yeah, and even the moment where she leans in, and it's like, wait, is she going to bite her? I, well, yeah, no. yeah, you feel like it she
0: might right, actually right,
2: bite her. But both yeah. ways are being sexy.
1: Okay, right. if you got drinks, everyone, go ahead and knock one back. We're in a Hammer Pub.
0: Yes, there's some really solid Hammer Pub action in this movie. The Hammer we, Pubbery is not bad. Yeah, we get we get some good pub scenes. I actually really dig. I this is one of my favorite scenes with. Uh, richard lestrange i'm not a huge fan of his of that character but i do like him like regaling the pub with the story especially given it's all the people that like warned him about going there like i i think it's kind of funny that he disarms them a bit and like sort of befriends them but then it all sort of goes to hell when someone does die I, i just think it's a neat little scene
1: this pov shot is a neat idea and it kind of works here, but it's pulled off again later, and it's just the second time he attempts it, I think, is so silly, like many of the things in this film.
0: It's well, just... it's it's confusing because it feels like they don't want us to know who's killing people, right, I guess? That's why it's POV?
2: Point? Yeah.
0: But, like, it's pretty clear <laughs> What's happening? Yeah, it's saw like it.
2: Intro. We know what's happening. Right, right. Well, they did. Okay. Well, yeah, they but
1: they did take great pains early on to sort of uh, goodness. They did take great pains early on to hide Carmilla's face. So I guess we're kind of like maybe it's meant to be a who bite it. I don't know.
0: Like,
2: <laughs> I, I, I like just, that. I like a
0: oh who bite God. it. So, I'm not sure about it. Dick of who done it. <laughs> the day for night shooting is a little unfortunate in this film. I wonder, do you think that's by virtue of how this was timed
1: for the home video release? Or do you think it always looked this, this bad? Let's just I think say this it.
0: probably looks better than it did. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm sure they color timed it to look like less shitty. I mean, th- at this point they were just shooting whatever they could, whenever they could for as cheaply as possible. Although I will give this movie a little bit of credit Because, you know, while a lot of it was shot at Elstree Studios, a lot of it was also shot on location, like that manor that they shoot at, like was a a physical location that they went to. Um, And I actually think that makes this movie feel a little bit broader in scope and a little more effective, like especially when they're in like, you know, the, the headmistress's office and you can see like the garden through the window. Like it feels like a real place that is distinct as opposed to a set.
1: I agree. And I will note here yeah. that I'm delighted that the Hammer Pub is open for breakfast.
2: I mean, if it's a weekend, pubs have a good, like, breakfast spread. At least in Canada, okay. they do.
0: Now I want to go to a pub for breakfast. Oh, steak eggs. Oh, that would be
2: oh yeah. Or, like, sausages and just oh, all the best stuff.
0: You know, isn't it funny... How careful they had to be about censorship early on, like just like a decade before this, and now it's just like topless women giving each other massages, yeah, you know it's it's just <laughs> it's crazy,
2: skinny dipping
0: right it's It's crazy how much the b b f c changed in those ten years,
1: and crazier still to think how much they would continue to change over the course of the next decade, like that is a
0: pendulum that
1: swung every which way, yeah
0: yeah well and this movie feels a lot more like voyeuristic than some of hammer's other films like with that sexuality you know you you have this man in black who's constantly watching um motherfucker does nothing but watch i've seen
1: two movies with him
0: and it dude stands and watches and that's it yeah and uh, but that 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 lends like a weird voyeurism that is absent in some of the other, even like sexualized hammer movies, you know?
1: Yeah. And definitely the POV plays into that as well, uh, Mm -hmm. whenever they employ it, but, (sighs) but it still doesn't, you know, this is probably the point of the movie when I realized that, Hey, this, this isn't working. Yeah. There's, I I, I don't give a damn about any of the characters. I don't really know what their function is in the story. That was um,
2: like I don't know what their function is. And I'm, this is supposed to be like our it's supposed to be a Carmilla story, right?
1: Kind I she's in it. I don't know that I'd say <laughs> it's it's kind of like Twins of Evil, although Twins of Evil is a good film. Um actually <laughs> let me take that. Oh, wait. Allie, was that was that laughing derisive or agreeable? How do you agreeable. feel about it? Wait, what?
2: I was agreeing. I do not like this film. I think it's...
1: Okay.
2: It's very... It's poor. Like, across the board, you're just like, oh, this is a poor film. And it had potential, and it just felt like too many things got stripped away from it that this is what was left.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just... it. Honestly, I wonder if it doesn't come down to the script. I mean, the performances, by and large, are kind of lackluster. Like I said, I think Sangster does a great job lensing it, but the story is just so damn lifeless.
2: Um, Yeah, it's got no, like, heart. And for a movie that's, like, pretty sexual and, like, has a lot of gratuitous nudity, it's not, like, a sexy movie.
1: There's no, there's no heat in whatsoever. Hate.
2: There's no chemistry. It just kind of feels like okay, you have to now be naked and kiss her and they're like okay, but you're like can you mean it? Like
0: Yeah, that that's what I was going to say Ellie is that like for for a movie, yeah, that that has this much stuff in it there's zero passion. There's yeah. Um,
2: it, it feels like uh, i for a paycheck.
0: Yeah, or even and... like, you know, it's, it's
1: like softcore pornography, but as shot by a celibate. You know, it's, it's...
2: Oh my god, guys, I keep accidentally watching so much softcore porn. I don't know what's happening. <laughs>
0: tubi <Two-by> is... <laughs> how, how? How do you accidentally. accidentally watch
2: it? It's because I go on Tubi and I'll be like, ooh, oh, this tubi. looks good. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, this is just another softcore porn.
0: Are you watching thrillers from the 90s? <laughs>
2: <'Cause>... <laughs> Always, exclusively.
0: Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're basically softcore porn. <laughs>
2: We like we sat down to watch this dumb movie called To the Limit which stars Anna Nicole Smith. So that really should have been my tip. Well,
1: I mean that's
0: that's oh, an indication. It.
1: That <laughs> was that was that was a movie that got some play on like late night Cinemax back in the day. I I remember To the Limit. I remember <gasps> that
2: one. It's just I didn't realize that was a sequel film to another Joey Travolta film. Shout out to the Travoltas, but
0: yeah, yeah
1: that's uh,
2: reads a description, you're like, ooh, ex-CIA agent avenges her dead husband, and I'm like, ooh, I like this. I like a female-led thriller. Oh, this is softcore porn. Oh, okay.
0: You should check out Murder Weapon and Deadly Embrace with Linnea Quigley. <laughs> <laughs> those those are very fun borderline softcore
2: porn yeah. movies.
0: <laughs> I remember growing up with
1: lots of like Shannon Tweed movies in the mid-90s. Ooh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Yep.
0: And
1: then she married Gene Simmons, or maybe they were already married. I don't know.
0: Well, you
2: know. Okay, love, not that he,
0: Love finds
2: a way. Love finds a way. Not that he's giving off these vibes, but Ralph Bates looks like an obscure version of Hank Hazaria in literally all these scenes, which is how he's being like a character actor about stuff.
1: I was thinking Ichabod Crane, and now I want Hank Hazaria in an adaptation of Sleepy Hollow.
2: I want. Hank Azaria literally in everything. I think he's great. Yes,
0: please. That sounds great.
1: You know, it's weird With, that... Uh, maybe Shannon Tweed is the topless horseman. I'll take Wait. it.
2: But like today, Shannon Tweed. <laughs> I'll t- older, mature Shannon Tweed get nude for me.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen Shannon Tweed in ages. Has she like retired? Is that what's happened?
2: I, I don't know.
1: I she, do know that Tim- Julie Strain talking about 90s pinup actors like she passed away a couple of years ago right no i, I
2: don't no. know julie cool. strain. oh julie strain sorry yeah i think she's well she was one of the ones who they were like oh she's dead they were like no she's not they're like oh no yeah she is yeah there was Tanya back roberts and forth <laughs> Tonya like, roberts died wow. and they're like no she didn't she's alive and the next day they're like never mind
1: Okay, the POV close-up, licking the lens, licking her lips, like, right in the lens, and then looking terrified, and then the – I mean, that's just – this is – I said Sancter shot the hell out of this movie, and I meant it, but there are also moments where it's like, dude, God, what were you thinking?
2: What was the point of that?
0: It's the, like pure yeah. camp. Yeah. Well, the, the – for God's sakes, the cleavage is almost camp in this movie. The cleavage is so – prominent and ridiculous and, and like so many high angles to to take advantage of that it's every element of the movie is there to attempt to exploit the sexuality they they're so desperately trying to put on display um, but you know and I'm all for like I, I I'm for like the true love thing romance and everything in these movies but it's like I just don't buy the the sort of Connection between the Richard character and the Camilla Milla character at all. Like, like they see each other once and then it's like, we're in love. And neither of them have any chemistry. And there's zero done to sort of further that relationship other than the sort of like sexual moments. And I feel like the movie could have done like at least a tiny bit of work to establish that as something meaningful. Do you not find, uh, do
1: both of you not find him to be like, ridiculously overly aggressive when he's, like, professing his love. Like, he's grabbing a hold of her and he's, like, bearing down on her almost. Like, she's the vampire and yet I'm afraid for her. You know what I mean? Yeah,
2: Because men are terrifying.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Maybe not Ralph Bates.
2: No, like, Ralph Bates seems like someone I could easily beat up.
1: I (laughs) love the (laughs) shot of her falling (laughs) down the well.
2: Down the well is killing me.
1: I love it so much. It's terrible, and I love
0: it.
2: It's just the world's biggest well where, like, a five-foot-tall lady with, you know, her legs completely out, her arms completely out, doesn't hit the sides at all.
0: Yeah, and also the bottom of the well is a trampoline.
2: It's so (laughs) So you can
0: (laughs) see. You know,
1: what are the the various names at this point? We have Carmilla Mirkala. Um, there was a third one in the previous film. Like, I I just love that she rearranges all the letters. And if there had been more sequels, I'm wondering how many variations on that name we might have gotten. Like,
2: so many. Yeah. Rimlaka. Names of her name.
1: Al Karma. You know, it's it, it gets a little ridiculous. Speaking of which, the previous movie I read this, Paul. Um, uh, which you can bag me up on this. To, if I can remember the title correctly, the previous movie was the Vampire Lovers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The original title of this movie was To Love a Vampire. Yes. Yeah. Were they really not going to change that? Like, what would the third movie have been called at that point?
2: Love for a Vampire, obviously.
1: Vampires love. <laughs> yes.
2: I just It's, it's all terrible. Writes um, itself.
0: Vampires love to love. I mean, you can't deny it. I okay. I actually think To Love a Vampire would would have probably been a better, more apt title for what the movie is. But, you yeah, know. I could see that. I mean, because it's
1: not really about... Well, I, well, well... Because, because is, To Love a might Vampire
0: be... isn't really to love them. You're being taken in. I mean, like, the whole movie, to me, suggests that, like... I mean, yeah, she's attractive and everything, but, like she she has the power to draw people in
2: that's so why they get scared love, at
0: the very end is it love or lust which one better represents well i time? think it's i think it's an ironic title to love a okay i don't <laughs> think it means love i but i think it's like a, a smarter i guess it i think it's smarter <laughs> but lust is more like overt right lust which is what
1: this movie loves. is give me to stake a vampire where's that movie
0: uh we we've seen like a hundred to stake a vampire. Not with that not with an aren't.
1: honest title like that, Paul. <laughs> Dracula. Give me, <laughs> give, give me give me a vampire movie just called Stakes with an exclamation point.
0: Ooh, that'd be good. I'd watch that. sold. Steaks.
2: I mean, I would watch any rendition if it was staking a vampire or like stake the meat. I'm like here for it.
1: I do love that there was one of the best vampire novels i've ever read which was turned into a pretty good movie even though it was only very loosely adapted uh was vampires uh became the john carpenter film but it's what's cool is the original book which i'm, I'm telling you is a hell of a read um the original novel was called vampires but the s was like a dollar sign um and i kid you not this novel about vampires was written by john stakeley
2: Okay, I thought you were gonna say it was written by vampires. <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, guys. Sorry, that was too good. Written by vampires.
1: Hang on to your hats. This You're book not was this. written
0: by. And what if this is the moment where, where it's revealed that Jinx like truly believes there are vampires out there? Like, and it would be a little bit, A little awkward, probably. You mean there? Wait, I what? Mean, what do you mean. You mean what? I, there
2: aren't...
0: Well, you know. Probably
2: i've heard not. the stories i've been to new orleans i know what goes on
0: i read the book by montague summers the uh you know 19th century occultist and i i know i know the truth so
1: look paul out you there. you and like all of your anti-vaxxer buddies can continue just disagreeing <laughs> with scientists don't don't reality. don't spread rumors about <laughs> wow. me but uh, i i am fully vaxxed my friend but viruses and vampires are equally real a mask only works
0: to repel one choose wisely do you do you believe (laughs) that that michael johnson's richard lestrange did fall in love with her at first sight or is it some of it the being taken in by the vampirism of it all
2: i feel like someone told him to be in love with her and he was like all right
1: all right i guess (laughs) it's what's in the script (laughs) people <laughs> no i mean it's that old trope right like in these older movies where y- y- they don't do any work building relationships we're just meant to think that anyone who fell in love be- before the year 1940 could do so in an instant you know and or at well, least overnight well, if they wanted to give a little bit of development you know also, one date and boom you're spending your life
0: well, it's I mean, I know it's hard because we're looking at it through a 2021 20, lens and it's like, well, first off, he's like, he could be her father. You know, he's so much older than her. I mean, how old was she in this movie? Like 22 or something like in real life?
2: Let's calm down on age differences.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm sorry.
2: Maybe, maybe my partner happens to be 16 years older than me. Like, let's. But, well,
0: okay, sure. Wait, no. That's fair.
2: Yeah how old is he i didn't but he
0: but but your partner probably wasn't like your professor at a school right
2: well not at a am school, i am i
0: speaking know. out of turn
2: <laughs> ixnay so paul ixnay listens to this he's gonna be like god damn it al you're so embarrassing
0: i'm i'm just kidding well, um, back away hands up okay yeah <laughs> that's fair but also, I, I often do this on podcasts so
2: but think about <laughs> it this way if you one, they don't have any technology. They can't communicate with outside villages. They basically have the same swine they've been dealing with the entire time. So if a new beautiful woman comes in, you're automatically going to fall in love with them.
0: just it's from- a foregone conclusion.
2: Yeah. Like, you yeah. haven't seen anybody else. There's no Tinder. Like
0: They didn't have Tinder back then? That's crazy. I know, it's
2: crazy. Well,
0: they had wood <laughs> that they could burn, but... <laughs> they had
1: real Tinder. <laughs> You're right, though. I mean that 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 makes sense. Like attractive yeah. guy, attractive gal, tale as old as time. Boom, they're married, and she's rich. So you know,
2: and she forever.
1: This is somehow so beautifully shot, and yet at the same time, so completely feels like like we were talking like a parody of this type of movie because like the the. You know the smoke rising, and it's so clearly not being at night, or at least being the brightest night that ever uh, nighted, as it were. Like it just—it's so silly, but I love it. Like it's—it's just gorgeous.
2: It is, and on the flip side of that, if this were to be a stage play, that would be a beautiful moment on stage. Yeah. Like a well-lit night moment with that fog and them just communicating. But if it's on a stage, it's different. But also white dress that she's wearing. I'm obsessed with. I tried to find someone who made it. No one makes it. I'm very disappointed. I feel like that's a thing that Etsy missed out on. Like make the dress. (laughs) (laughs) That's a
0: good point.
1: So why do you think in that scene when it finally reveals that it was uh, Carmilla rising from the tomb? After all of the nudity that we've seen up until this point, including from that particular actor, Why do you think they blurred out her breasts in that shot? Was it the mix of like blood and nudity in the same shot? Do you think did they not want to tweak the sensors with that one particular image? Could that have
0: been it? Maybe. Um, That was the rule that the BBFC laid down for them was they could show as much sexuality as they wanted and as much violence as they wanted, but they couldn't intermingle the two. They thought that was too dangerous. Wow. They, they literally believed that that would create, like, sociopaths.
2: <laughs> I mean, okay. So <sighs> I do know that this is a weird thing that I happen to just know a lot of information about. But if you were to do a nude photo shoot covered in blood, OnlyFans will not let you post it because of literally that exact same thing.
0: Interesting i did not know that that yeah, is fascinating I,
2: I saw, like a bunch of friends who do only fans and i was like Ooh, we sure, should, sure do- sure sure like let's they get together we'll all do some really fun shoes like cool it can involve blood and i was like well then why are we doing it
1: <laughs> what the hell that's yeah crazy.
2: apparently like that is it a- is it just
0: like, blood? blood is that where they draw the line or like what about like like a knife or something is that also would, not okay
2: but i do know that if you incorporate nudity and blood that's a whole other thing where they're like, Nope, you're making sociopaths, you're making incels, like don't ever
1: interesting. interesting. Isn't it amazing how people on both sides of like the political line have a vested interest in protecting people from art that they consume? Like I I it it I it's such a weird fucking thing where <laughs> you know, people feel like they have to take it upon themselves again. You know, like to 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 shield people from objectionable content, whatever they feel that might be. Well,
0: and as if looking at an image is going to change the composition of your your brain. You know, I I I think that it, it's born out of a weird fear that I I will never really truly understand, but um, but it's been there forever apparently. <laughs> and it yeah, still lives,
2: lives on.
0: But i I do love, I love a good hammer scene set in fog.
2: In general, I love any scene set in fog. I just think it adds such an ambiance to every scene.
0: I will say this: it's difficult. It set in fog. Yeah it's it's difficult for me to imagine Peter Cushing groveling to this vampire, turning across upside down and begging to be taken.
2: But also, you think about it: if Peter Cushing against Ingrid Pitt in this moment would be a completely different scene. It would be played it up. Would. So, it would be played up so differently.
0: Yeah, and it would be more adult. I think. I think it would be less sniveling.
2: It would be more mature for sure. Yeah, I
1: do. There is something striking about it, though, because generally in these movies, you know, whenever somebody gets bitten on the neck, you know, much like an 80s slasher movie, you get stabbed once, boom, you're dead. That's it. You're done. I do like in this one how she just kind of partially half drains him and then he crawls after her like and then has to you know slowly expire I've never seen anything like that not only in a hammer movie but in a I don't think in any vampire movie There's I've seen something a vampire like that
2: where if they drain you fully you die but if they only drain you a bit but then you get to drink from them you become a vampire
1: yes yeah you have to uh, I think that's what was set forth in Dracula and they play with that quite a bit too. You get stuff like from Dust to Dawn where you're getting nipped once, you know, it's like Romero's zombies, like boom, you're turned.
2: Yeah, uh, right. but
1: yeah, with Dracula, yeah, you have to the vampire has to drink you know, from you and then you have to drink from them and then and
2: then you know, become
0: Yes. Yeah, and the Carmilla movies seem to be Playing fast and loose with vampire mythology, almost to the point where I'm not entirely sure I know how one becomes a vampire, <laughs> you know because also they can just go out in daylight, you know, like I was watching this movie, and my wife came in, and she was like, "Wait, she's a vampire, but she's out in the daylight, and I'm like, yeah well, they just they have they don't care about the rules <laughs> they just they, they're kind of doing their own thing here yeah this this
2: yeah, guy knows? doesn't
0: do a lot for me.
2: If only we had a real vampire to tell us.
0: A heart attack. I do love that. Like like we could do, maybe that's how we should end the Hammer Pub is we should find a real vampire and do like an interview with a vampire thing. And the final podcast could be uh, interviewing them about the rules.
2: So we're all Christian Slater and we're just trying to find <laughs> our Brad Pitt. I get where you're going with this. I'm on yeah.
0: board. We're three Christian Slaters in search of our Brad Pitt. Oh, here's Miss Playfair. Her, her,
1: her, her. Sorry. I just, I will always do that noise with Lestrange whenever he sees a pretty blonde
2: woman. I also do like that his vest and her dress kind of match. Oh,
0: he true. color coordinates with so many people he's, in this movie. He's got the, um, the Jerry Seinfeld pirate shirt
2: Ooh. on. Yeah, he's got the puffy shirt.
0: He's got the puffy shirt.
2: <laughs> that was like the style back then. It was. it was lame for Jerry. It was like normal for this dude.
0: I would what like to see... Oh, sorry, Sorry, go ahead. I, no, I was just going to say something dumb. I was going to say I would like to see Jerry Seinfeld just put into a Hammer Vampire movie and have him react what? to everything. What is the deal with all these vampires? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I hate that you both did that.
0: <laughs> I I personally love that you both did that and I just got to listen.
2: <laughs> oh, give me like two more drinks and I'll tell you I'll do all my amazing impressions for you guys.
0: Okay, do can you drink two more drinks real quick? Real quick. <laughs> so I can hear these I okay. can hear these impressions. <laughs>
2: it's only Robert De Niro and oh,
0: <laughs> I wanna hear that so bad now.
2: And I do it all the time when I get drunk and everyone's like, That's not even close to what they sound like and I'm like, nah, you're wrong. <laughs>
1: I can't Give idea. me Drunk Enough, and I'll do The Raven, pose The Raven, but as Christopher Walken. Oh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Jinx, you have to do this. Uh, I, I think I have two more weeks of sobriety left. So, okay. yeah, a couple of episodes from now, kapow.
0: All um, right, two
2: weeks, me and Jinx are going to get drunk and just have a whole episode of impressions that we're going to do.
0: Yeah, I'll stay sober on that one. <laughs> just listen. <laughs> and we're going to need a referee, Paul. Somebody <laughs> to keep the sanity. But
2: also... We have to do it on video because I have a lot of facial expressions that go into it.
0: (laughs) I would be down with doing a video one. I could do it. I don't know why we never did. Uh, Dead Ringers is always video, but Jinx and I have never done video. I don't know why. I've been told I have a face for radio. Um, (laughs) We're not broadcasting this. It's just us.
2: Wow, we're just hanging
1: out. You know what's funny though? Uh, between that, it's, it, I had the idea when Paul and I were texting, and uh, Allie when I was uh, DMing with you about this movie. I was, I was like, you know what? We need to start a Patreon where I just snapshot the conversations I have with you all in text, and then we can add like clips of video and whatnot, and then people can pay us to do this.
2: Also, why aren't you guys doing like I? Not you guys is now I'm included in this, but like. Live shows or like a Twitch stream where we play the movie while we commentate on it.
0: Oh,
1: because we hadn't thought of it.
0: (laughs) That's a good idea. We should do that. Is the answer that would be fun?
2: Like four episodes, and I'm already changing the game.
0: Change the game. I'm in.
2: What is this first picture before he goes to the fangs? Is I just saw like you don't want to know. Let's just not talk about something else. See,
1: that picture is kind of Ingrid Pitty a little bit.
2: It pretty much is. Bit. I'm talking about that first one where it's, like, the bum, but, like, the dick and balls are pushed back in a little fruit bowl situation. And then there's, like, a chicken reaching <laughs> its head. <laughs> oh, do you guys not call it a fruit bowl in the...
0: <laughs> Can you um, define fruit bowl?
2: It's what a dude
0: pushes- Could you not... You not i don't know what it is and i want to know you
2: it's what a dude pushes his dick and balls back so it comes out underneath his bum oh, why okay. did you ask because i
0: d- didn't know now i know
2: <laughs> is that a term in the state is that a townie term that i just keep thinking is a real
0: I, i've not ever heard that well, apparently watch jinx watch? knew what it was knowledge paul you knew <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. I so I, I'm just the one, I don't know. I feel like I'm just the odd man out on terms. No, no, it's
1: not, things. it's all, it's not like I actively sought this stuff out. I once worked at a movie theater with an assistant manager who shared lots of details about his personal life with us. Even it was never asked for, but yeah, I learned uh, interesting never. terms like that and sounding and uh, loads of loads of other things that haunt me to this day. Wow. Um.
2: So you learn a lot of fun terms, like docking. That was a fun term I learned.
0: I, I don't know what it is. What is
2: it? Oh, no. Oh. It's when, like, know. two uncircumcised penises touch tips, but then you move the foreskin over to the other dick. <laughs> do
1: you know better now? Or do you want to continue this game, Paul?
2: Oh, yeah, well, let's, let's continue this. Like, what are my townie terms that might not be <laughs> terms?
1: We don't have to. It's the thing. I,
2: I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. I've
0: i always been about digressing on this podcast, and I see this
2: now is, the air with my This way. has
0: got to be the tangent of all t- to end all tangents for the Hammer Pub. <laughs> but when does the tangent to end all tangents end? When? When's oh going to be that time? Oh, that was funny. <laughs> that was funny. You know, in the in vampire lovers, it's weird that for all of the sexuality that this movie puts forth,
1: I appreciate um, that you're trying to write the train back on the track got
0: rid of they got rid of like her feeding out of the breast and now it's just back to the neck. That was a thing in Vampire
1: Love. Why, after everything else in this movie, are they playing coy about that? And another thing, if we want to get a little heavy here, how pissed off are you two, if either of you are pissed off at all, that you have this character who, you know, is obviously like a a, a lesbian figure in the previous film who is now meant to be falling in love with the bland male hero of the sequel. Yeah, I don't like that. It's like a note. And a bad
2: one at that that they followed. Sexuality is fluid. Maybe she's a bisexual vampire. I'm more concerned that like none of them look like they're actually reading these books. And then she proceeds to write in pencil in a book. And I'm like, that's not what you do.
0: (laughs) You don't write in books.
2: (laughs) You don't write in books. Books Those were
0: copied by hand. (laughs) So hard to make those.
2: And it just feels like he's kind of angry with her that she wants to get an education, and it's like, what is this scene?
1: <laughs> you know, you point. mentioned the books. One of the things that I read in the Hammer story, they noted that Gates's original screenplay actually had many ties to the previous movie, so that it was more of a uh, a real sequel. And one of the things was that uh, one of Barton's books was going to be titled. The Karnsteins, a history of evil. And that would have been written by one Baron von Hartog, who you might remember from the prologue of the previous movie. Uh, and apparently there was a um, scene where Lestrange was going to have a dream where he was being smothered by uh, a cat, which mm-hmm. definitely comes from the previous movie, too, which would have also been kind of. Cool, I think. Yeah, cats are evil.
2: Cats are dicks and they'll sleep on a baby's face and kill them.
1: <laughs> wow. Well, the Please baby should stick don't. up for itself, yeah. you know. You know the, like
2: breathing is warm, and they want to be warm. I don't know.
1: It's I'm interesting. Not a
2: scientist, all right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Again, it's, they are color coordinating. Look at the two of them here.
0: Yeah.
2: This it, is beautiful.
0: It's interesting to me how many like key scenes in this movie are just like two people meeting at night and having an argument, or like a, an intense conversation, like like. A lot of this movie boils down to that.
1: And it's all very like. It all feels unmotivated, like I know that there are reasons put in place, maybe emotionally unmotivated, if that makes any sense at all. I never get the feeling that any of these conversations actually need to happen, except because the movie needs them to. You know what I mean? Mm hmm.
2: I feel that like this scene could have been done without dialogue. Because also, I've- yeah. this is the second time today that I've watched this movie.
0: And I'm still- <laughs> I like how angry you sound about that. <laughs>
2: Guys, you know that the only film I enjoy watching twice in a day is Hot Rod. And this kind of just angers me because I'm like, what are you fighting about? Like, it just seems mundane. The script feels forced. And this whole scene could have been done with body language and not this half-assed dialogue that just feels forced between the two of them.
1: I am only half joking here, but I think this movie might have worked. Again, half-joking. If Lestrange were played by Andy Samberg.
0: And here's why I I say, say can I just say that his his name is Richard and he likes to party. (laughs) <laughs>
2: Guys, no, only Carmilla likes to party <laughs> no, It's just
1: you know, watching this We had this conversation about the War of Frankenstein You know, Sangster's previous movie with Ralph Bates And that movie, you know, a lot of people take it to task For not being able to straddle, like, the two different wildly I don't think this, but some people consider it to be wildly different tones between the horror and the comedy. Now me, I think it worked very well in the film. I'm a big fan of the horror of Frankenstein here. It feels like he's maybe attempting something like that at times. Like maybe there's a little intentional camp tossed in with the, a lot of unintentional camp at times. And I'm wondering if he had had a lead that was maybe a bit more broad and, you know, a bit more smirking and winking at the camera if the movie might not have tipped over fully onto one side of the fence, as it were, and might not have been a bit more successful as a result, because as it is,
0: you know, golly, it doesn't work. What you're saying is if the romantic lead was Captain Kronos, maybe it would have worked. Yeah. Like Like a much broader sort of like, action hero character because that would have made more sense for them to have a more like one-dimensional relationship in a way i was saying like kind of
1: more comedic but if you're going to throw chronos in there then i think the movie would have to just elect to be better you know and to take itself much more seriously than
0: what if if it was chronos as the romantic lead fisher directing reinsert cushing that's um That That sounds like a a good movie to me.
2: Okay, wait. Is Kronos taking over Carmilla's character and then him and Peter Cushing have a thing going on?
0: Oh my God. (laughs) I'd be down. (laughs) (laughs) That would be solid.
2: That would be solid movie watching right there.
0: I I would totally watch a Kronos Cushing love fest for sure. Okay, so gang, we need to talk about strange love. Oh, yeah. Strange love's happening. Strange love. Yep.
2: She opens her mouth to, like, kiss slash bite him. I think she's sinking the words.
0: So I put this – I had to stop this movie the other day when I was watching it uh, because my kids were there and it's not a super kid-appropriate movie. So I put it on.
2: All these boobs isn't kid-appropriate?
0: Yeah. Well, I started watching it with my 10-year-old. Because she really wanted to watch it. So I was like, Oh, I'm watching it. She's like, Are you watching a Hammer movie? She always asked me that now. And I was like, Yeah. And I was like, I guess you can watch this. And I just had this, we have this close your eyes rule where if I say, Close your eyes, she has to close her eyes. So like, I was just like, Ah, close your eyes. And she was doing it a lot. And then my uh, seven year old came home and she doesn't play that game very well. She just keeps her eyes open. So I couldn't, you know, trust her to do it. Anyway, I put this on last night and my wife was like, going to bed and and all of a sudden this like strange love song started playing she's like what are you watching she opened her eyes and she's like are you watching porn <laughs> i was like no you're like it's yes i am movie. i mean it's kind of porn <laughs> okay wait i'm
2: sorry your wife or your child asked this
0: no my wife the next night the next
2: night like- and she opened her eyes and I was like so your kid is like you are you watching porn dad at like 6. No,
0: no. She luckily my kids don't know what porn is, I don't think. Uh but you know, who knows? It's a weird world. Um but yeah, this song, I mean it it was something the director did not want. No one uh, It came from it came from our favorite our favorite producer uh Mr uh, uh Henry. Henry, Harry Fine, right?
2: Yeah, Harry Fine.
0: And Apparently, his idea came from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Wow. Uh, because. What was that?
2: They're one in the same. These are identical movies. I mean.
0: Yeah. Because in that film, there's the song Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head at one point, which sort They're of like. T- a tender love scene between Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Yeah. And it and it kind of takes you out of the movie because it's a weird song to have in a West- Western, but it won an Oscar, It won an Academy Award And that was apparently his thought. Was like, "Oh, we'll put a weird song in here, and it might win a big award." I wish he had just
1: licensed "Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head." Oh, that would have been. that would have definitely. Oh, dude, you need to like make a cut of that and put it on YouTube. Yeah. (laughs) There's a guy I can ask. Actually, I uh, yeah. No, we'll we'll see if we can't make that happen um that paul you and I talked about as I was watching the movie I was texting with Paul alley um I was like it like is she you know is this like maybe the first orgasm in a hammer movie is that what's happening there maybe possibly and then you know i i i, I threw out the term hammergasm and um you know if there was ever a chance that I was gonna make a hashtag work you know i I figured that's it
2: but also, we all know that women don't have orgasms. That's just a proven fact.
0: It's it. Well, this is, this is fiction. <laughs> so
2: <laughs> that's why they never have them in hammer films. All right. Thank it's... you.
0: <laughs> Allie has confirmed that it's a myth. So uh, all a myth. you heard it here on Hammer Pub First. The film is a fantasy within
1: the realms of this movie. Vampires and female <laughs> orgasms can exist. That's what can happen. Well, we killed this commentary.
2: We really did. Now everything's... <laughs> well, I mean,
0: did we do it or did Strange Love do it? I uh, Yeah, Strange Love. Oh, it's playing again. And, and now we get to reprise the song seconds later.
2: Which makes... And, like, why would you wait seconds later? You need to put know. a good amount of time in between stuff. And this whole flashback filler is ridiculous well her, shun,
1: he's torn between uh Carmilla and yeah the uh the the mrs uh miss playfair who I, honestly let's go ahead and throw this out there what the hell is long, wrong with lestrange clearly between the vampire and the pretty uh teacher like why you know am i wrong in oh, and yeah. playfair is the better choice is that just but me? that's why i, mean,
0: I think the movie might be positing a vampiric sort of like desire that's sort of layered onto so it.
2: So you're saying Lestrange is the vampire.
0: Well, I meant like he's sort of taken in by the Mercala Carmilla vampiric design. And it's like attracting him on a, on a carnal level that he can't sort of stop himself from feeling.
1: Okay, if I see her eyes cross and her bottom lip quiver one more time in this also, film...
2: like, did she have a mild, lazy eye? Like, what is... Ha- why is her yeah,
1: eye... I, it's, it's bad acting. <laughs> it's bad she acting. she has a twitch. Like, there's a moment where it's like... I get the feeling like there are moments in the movie where it feels like the idea is that both of her eyes would narrow, you know, in response and instead it's just, like, one. So it's, it's this yeah. weird, like... I don't know. Every time she does it, I just I don't this... love it.
2: Yeah, it's not great. It's not. Okay. sexy. So this
1: guy talking to the headmistress here, have you seen those TikTok videos of the guy introducing himself as though two of them are talking to each other? But he introduces himself to classic songs from the 90s. No. Like uh, the Rage Against the Machine song. He basically explains to himself sitting across from himself like what rage against the machine is all about like we haven't seen those no well this joke is dead i was just gonna say this guy looks exactly
0: like him and nah, that was a wasted well, minute i'm gonna shuffle i mean off, so. i will i would i would enjoy watching said tiktok video that sounds fun
2: i like tiktok videos
1: He sent a couple of them now he did one for a green day <laughs> song which was kind of great so
2: green Day's a great band
0: I'm not on TikTok, TikTok. but I watch the ones that people send to me. Miss Simpson is terrible. Yeah.
1: And apparently she died in an original, well, I don't think it was an original cut of the movie, but in the script, uh, there was a sequence where Carmilla kills her. And for whatever reason, it
0: didn't make it into the final film. No, I, I. I did hear they shot some stuff that was excised. Like that there is a sort of like a lost cut of this movie.
1: I, would, I I would uh I would watch it because again, again, like even though this is not a good movie at all. I do think it is
0: fun. It's fun. Yeah, I I, I actually think. Um,
2: it's a good film to drink to, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I this is a weird thing to say because it's a short film. <laughs> no, well, it's short. It's, it's short, a normal size film. Right, but I feel like it could be shorter. Like, I feel like there's stuff you could cut that would make it flow yeah. better. Yeah. So I think that's great, part of the problem. When you have great hammer movies that run like
1: 88 minutes and yeah. this one is running 96, it's like, yeah.
0: eh, guys, come you, on. you could with with like no trouble at all you could cut 10 minutes out of this film it would be fine and, oh, yeah. and it would play exactly the same
2: Give us some forced dialogue
1: i will say this about the movie and i don't want to be controversial but also i don't mind if i'm controversial when i said i don't think this is a very good movie but i have a lot of fun with it i would class this movie as brace yourselves listeners a guilty pleasure Which is a term that I do not find offensive, (laughs) and I know that some people do, which
0: is beyond me.
2: I just don't think it's a term at all, because like whatever, if you like it, you like it. Who cares? Yeah,
0: I agree. I I don't. I don't particularly like. I'm not mad about the term, but I don't. I don't. I agree with that. Like, I don't think it's. But do
2: not do
1: not think (laughs) that it's one of those manufactured like bits of outrage amongst folks in film twitter where because here's the thing anytime i hear somebody bashing that term which has gone back a couple of years ago people seem to say like well you shouldn't apologize for liking anything so why say guilty nobody who ever used the term guilty pleasure was apologizing for something that they liked like it's it's shorthand you know, when you say, like, if I told you that I thought lust for a vampire was a guilty pleasure, you know exactly what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. you know that I'm not apologizing for it. It's like I was trying sure. to, I don't know, I made a food analogy. You know what? I could I could eat okay. veggies. I could eat, like, you know, uh, uh, clean protein, any number of things that are good for me, and that's great. Or I could have fucking cotton candy. I'm not going to apologize for having
0: cotton candy, but I will acknowledge that it's fucking junk food. But that's the thing is like, I think the problem some people have with it is it's not just it's not saying you're uh, uh, sorry for it. It's but it is sort of disparaging the thing that you're saying you like.
2: It seems like you're putting shame on the thing that you like. Right.
0: Like, like, oh, it shouldn't be liked, but I like it.
2: Yeah, no, it's
1: but it's it's just a matter of classing it. Right. Because you know what I mean when I say that, like shaming
2: yourself. liking it no no,
1: no I, I, I could take all of the extra syllables and say this is a bad movie
2: you don't get extra <laughs> syllables how dare you
1: this is a bad movie but, so I have, but I have a lot of fun with it or I could say guilty pleasure
2: yeah like for mm. me I wouldn't say that the Fast and Furious films are my guilty pleasure because fuck it I've seen four I outright like them like one could say that really vins my diesel if you will
0: They've been your diesel and I get that. I I, I still have I not think, watched them.
1: I think the Fast and the Furious franchise is a marvelous guilty pleasure.
0: Is this a thing again where everyone's gonna try to get me to watch those goddamn movies? We had this I feel like we had this conversation. Well, Paul, if you'd watched them by now, we wouldn't have to put in the effort. <laughs>
2: <Okay.
0: sighs> Fine, You're I'm gonna watch time. them
2: only seen the first four, and the only reason I'm watching it is because Nicole Byers has a podcast where she's also watching them for the first time, and I want to listen to it, but, like, I have to watch the movies.
0: I I feel like we talked about this, and I was like, I made it, I was like, I'm not gonna watch them, and now it's back, and now I feel like I have to watch them, because, yeah, I'll watch them. I'll watch them eventually, but I'm gonna complain about it.
1: Allie, you have not made it to the really... Okay, so this is just my take on it. And out of the first four, you can tell me if you think that I'm wrong. But, like, the first one, not very good. The second one makes you think that, hey, the first one is actually all right. The third one, for having practically nothing to do with the rest of the franchise, I think is a blast. And the fourth one is a lot of fun. But I'm telling you, like... Once you get to five, like, that's where it really sort of takes flight.
2: That's what everyone's been saying is once you get to five, that's when things get good. But also, I like the first one because I was like, okay, this is just point break, but with cars.
1: That's 100% what it is. It's shameless how much of a ripoff it is. Beat for beat, almost shot for shot sometimes.
2: Like, it's a cop going undercover to get these criminals who are also involved in some sort of sport. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I'll. You know, a friend of mine argued with me because he's a fan of both movies, and he was like, "They're not exactly the same." And there's this weird flowchart thing that actually explains the differences. And I just read it to him, and he was like, "Fuck it, all right, fine. They're they're exactly the same damn movie. Are you happy? Are you happy?"
2: Same movie. But like, street racing was getting really cool when that was happening. But two and three don't have Vin Diesel, so I'm like, why are why are we even including these in the series?
1: Okay, I'm bring, Okay, Paul, have you seen Point Break? Uh, yeah, of course. Okay, so then <laughs> well, this is a cinematic a, classic. Then this is not going to be
0: a spoiler for you for the Fast and the Furious. Okay, I've seen, so I've seen the first two Fast and the Furious movies. Oh, okay. So this I, I saw them like in the theater because I was the right age when they came yeah. out. Okay, but... so are you ready? This is the. <laughs> i
1: can't believe we're doing this for a lust for a vampire commentary but then again
2: really the lust for a commentary.
1: lust for a vampire kind of brought us here it's kind of its fault so you know
0: this is I, what we're gonna do you all uh, are gonna just I, I feel like my whole life has been people trying to convince me to watch this goddamn franchise <laughs> flow chart are you ready are you watching point break or the fast and the furious i don't even know
1: anymore. ready is the hero a puckish young FBI agent yes does he deduce that extreme sportsmen are responsible for a rash of crimes yes does he track them by going undercover to take part in the sport yes does he initially target the wrong set of criminals yes does he fall in love with a waitress in the villain's circle yes does he bond with the main criminal over shrimp in a beach restaurant yes does the gang blow his cover and then coerce him into helping with one last job yes does it go badly wrong with half the gang getting badly wounded yes after this bloodbath does the hero let the villain? go free at the end like some massive idiot yes is vin diesel in it yes it's fast and the furious or no it's point break
2: like frame for frame the two movies are exactly exactly the same
0: but but all that makes me want to do is watch point break
2: <laughs> exactly same no point break is the better film Point
0: break is so good there should break is point break. so good there should have yeah, been, been. Yeah, that's there should have been point breaks. I, I, I'll break. admit, Again, okay, Jinx, that might be the most compelling reason to watch that new series then, because it's like, well, there should have <laughs> been ten point breaks, but there are ten Fests of the Furies, and they're basically the same movie, so maybe they'll get to the that that level at some point. But well, anyway, I will say this. But, but that like, one doesn't have Jinx. Keanu. Doesn't have Keanu. It
2: doesn't have Keanu <laughs> yet. But it has Paul Walker. Yeah. Like, I do like pretty
0: Paul pretty cool. Rock- Walker. I love the movie Running Scared. Okay, oh, my God. That movie is brilliant. Film. That Everyone movie is so it. fucking good. And, like, not enough people have seen it. It's the twists, so the turns, the intensity, the fun, like, the it's energy. A very fun, very intense movie. So good, So good.
1: And it's the only time that a cop-out happy ending actually made me feel like huge relief. Oh, no. Yeah, we needed needed the ending it
2: gave us. We needed that ending. It's
1: such a great movie. Uh, That guy, I don't know, has he made any more movies? The guy made a great movie with uh, William H. Macy and Maria Bello called The Cooler a couple of years before that, and then he did Running Scared, and then I don't think he made anything after that, but son of a bitch, those two movies are fucking great. Yeah.
2: I don't know. I'm looking it up now because I'm like, well, that was a perfect film. What else has he done?
1: Paul Walker is great. Paul, you should watch the Fast and the Furious. You really yeah. should. I will say this: uh, <laughs> the the, the first couple are a bit of a, a trudge, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. By the end, you'll be happy. And James Wan's seventh movie is uh, it'll it'll bring the tears, man. Like it's
0: it's Wait. okay. I'll do it eventually, but I'm not. I'm really not happy about it. Also, the spinoff, <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw with The
1: Rock and Jason Statham. That's so many movies. He's one of the most purely fun action movies I've seen in a theater. All right, all right, I'm all right.
2: sorry, can we circle back? Did you say James Wan did the seventh one? Yep.
1: Yeah. That was his first yeah. big blockbuster movie. He was hired not because of his horror work, but because of uh, Death Sentence, the movie that he did with Kevin Bacon, which had some of the best like virtuoso like fight scenes ever. I mean, the one unbroken take that trails up and down and inside and out of a uh, parking garage yeah. while there's stunts happening and like bits of, like you know prolonged sequences of suspense and then bursts of action i mean it's it's fucking beautiful i
2: definitely intrigued to see james wan do a not horror film so i now i have to keep with this franchise
1: it's good but it's also so, It kind of makes me sad too because that was a stepping stone To him doing stuff like Aquaman Which is yeah. I mean good for him I'm sure the paycheck is amazing But that's also not what I want It's not what I he want deserves from a line, He but... deserves a paycheck
0: <laughs> uh, Is Susanna Leigh the best Like performance in this film As Janet yes. Playfair Hands down Because I think Yeah for sure She She's, is in she another prepared. movie though is the she's, problem. She does such a good job. Like her emotionality when she's saying like she loves Richard Lestrange, like, I believe it. And I and I understand why she sort of gravitates towards this person that she's as being like trustworthy and someone she can believe in. And then here is is where I really feel like it's clear that obviously the, the Mercala Carmilla character can just sort of completely take over somebody and use that sort of lust that the title's talking about to get what she wants. Don't you think that
1: it's so explicit in this scene though, that it definitively answers that that's not what happens with was strange.
0: Right. But I mean, couldn't it be more subtle though? Like, like she doesn't All have this to is, lay it on so thick. This is not a movie
1: about subtlety in any regard. I think
0: that God. Lust for a Vampire's middle name is subtle. Subtle <laughs> Lust. Subtle, subtle
1: for, lust a for a vampire would have been a
0: better title.
1: <laughs> now that is a mid nineties late night cinemax movie title, if I ever heard one. <laughs> subtle Lust for a vampire.
2: Subtle Lust for a vampire.
0: Starring Shannon Tweet. <laughs> I do like the uh when Sangster tries to get fancy with the direction a little bit here and there in the movie, like the flashing of the cross, it gets a little bit more experimental.
1: I'm going to say it one last time and I'll shut up about it, I promise. But you don't see Ingrid Pitt in there at all?
2: I... That's all I see in that character. It's just they try to find someone who looked identical to her so they could play it up. And... Huh.
0: I, she yeah, she looks I like guess, teenage Ingrid Pitt to me. Maybe I'm just crazy. I just didn't see it.
2: I mean... The bigger thing is, can we talk about this dude's mutton chops? Are they just glued on to his face very poorly? Or did he grow those and they just look terrible?
1: They used to sprout like that back then.
0: Uh, that's definitely glued on.
2: <laughs> now that you get really up close to them, you can really I see find it.
0: I find it odd that he's not remotely emotional. Like, for, for the girl's father. You like know, I see a lot of emotion there
2: I see Look that at his super face father emotion
1: he's, he's, he's why, why he is, sure the... is white and angry like that's that's all I'm getting from that dude,
0: yeah, but there's no like I don't know, I feel like there's no pain, I see anger, but I don't see pain. it's
1: possible his um uh, his voice was dubbed by Ingrid Pitt, <laughs>
0: oh,
2: yeah, that well, sapped terrible. his performance What's
1: of all emotions
0: true dubbed. Well, and funny enough, wasn't uh, uh, Mercalla's voice dubbed Ute Rock. Stensgard? I'm pretty sure it was dubbed from what um, I read. Whoever
2: Mike Raven is, he was dubbed by Valentine Dahl or Dial.
0: Hammer didn't know how to make a movie without dubbing all the voices. Is it's, my you're theory. right. Yeah. Allie, that's
1: how. Uh, here's the thing. Why do you get somebody with as great a voice As a radio DJ probably so, had And then you yeah. you dub them with somebody else That just doesn't make any
2: sense No, it doesn't It seems like a vendetta They were like, nope, fuck you, we're gonna dub your voice <laughs> Fuck you You pissed me off one day on set You took the last, like, good crawler And I'm mad about this
1: I don't want to laugh at this because I think it would be mean-spirited But I also think it's worth noting that Maybe to underline, like how this project was being presented to its actors, you know, compared to like maybe how you know, well, you've seen the movie, we're watching it right now, what it actually is, but apparently Yut Stensgaard, when a BBC film crew was visiting the set, she basically discussed with them her Oscar ambitions for the oh, film.
2: Oh, well, that's a bummer.
1: Oh wow.
0: Yeah. Uh and apparently <laughs> according to Oscar? I think they were. I think they were misled. I think some of that comes from the producers, like talking up the project and completely. I mean, you also had a producer thinking that he was going to get an Oscar nod for for fucking Strange Love. I mean, come on.
1: They they even churned out a forty-five of it. They gave it its own
0: release. Okay, I have to to admit, though, Jinx. I have to admit, I that would be a cool thing to own. Like an original forty-five of that. That would be a fun like collector. Sure. Yeah, that would be sweet to sell. Okay, on eBay right now. Strange. I'm sure it would be pricey. Sure, so I
2: price.
0: have to believe that would be very expensive.
2: Also, it's past. But that woman's outfit with the green—that's like very Kermit the Frog couture. Yes. Like I don't know who she is. I don't know where she came from. But my god, that outfit!
0: That was the Countess, wasn't it? barbara jefford
1: who is such a non-character in the film it's borderline ridiculous she looks
0: like she looked like a batman villain in that like 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 an adam west batman villain yeah
1: like like like
0: like a really shitty old version of poison ivy or something
2: (laughs) 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 oh
0: good Yeah, Yeah, I um... don't, I don't like that the dad is angry and not also sad. I just think it's, it's not, I don't know. It's like this movie doesn't understand human emotion at all in any capacity. And (gasps) that does put him in the pantheon of Dick Hammer fathers though. Yeah, but his daughter is dead. She is literally dead and he didn't get to say goodbye to her. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I, maybe this is me being like a dad, like, Coming out a little bit, but, like, it bothers me.
2: But maybe this is, like, a Steel Magnolia thing where he's like, I wanted a son.
0: Yeah, true. He could be a really shitty dad.
2: (laughs) He's just a shitty father.
0: He's a shitty dad who just wants to be mad at things.
1: I cannot find a 45 of Strange Love by Tracy, but one day, someday, I will. Because, Paul, you're right, that would be a fun hammer collectible.
0: If I ever find it, I will get it.
2: And will I'll you?
0: give you I'll give it to Jinx. I will gift it to Jinx. No, Keep it. a very big promise.
1: Keep it. Keep it. And give me your collector set of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with forty-five RPM in it. Oh
2: shit. It your first Oh boy.
1: Shit.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> see I see how you tried to I'm kidding. That. I'm kidding. That, I maybe I'll do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> <If> <laughs> no, I'm I'm kidding. But... Love. But did it's you written
1: like in stone the... now. I'm kidding, but <laughs> I would buy it from you if you ever feel like selling it. I'm just
0: throwing it out there. If I ever give it to you, it's going to be a gift.
2: Did either of you guys get the novelized version of that movie?
0: Yep. I haven't picked it up yet, but I plan to.
2: Oh, man. I bought it. It went on sale, and I was like, ooh, I should buy this, and it sold out immediately, and I was like, fuck you.
1: You don't, Ali, I have like three spare copies if you want oh, to send it to you. It,
2: the moment it came back on sale, I bought two and I was like, boom, got it. We're good.
0: Paul, that goes how for you, too. If you how do you to have three spare copies? That's crazy. He's well, working I, bought, I, I bought
1: four copies is what happened. Uh, oh.
2: <laughs> it was like a drunk well, thing. Sense. He was like, I need more than one because this movie's so great.
0: I mean, I won't say no to a copy. I'm, I'm planning on buying it at some point. I just haven't
2: also I will say it's, seven bucks. It was a reasonable price.
1: It, yeah, it's like you can buy it at Walmart for like because i mean, I think like the cover price is like nine ninety nine, but you can get oh, it awesome. like seven bucks at Walmart. Uh, and they're putting out, Paul, you might want to wait, it depends on how you like reading your books. Me personally, I love paperbacks and it's the classic smaller paperback size, um, you know, like they used to come back in the day. Yeah, but they're putting out like a big special edition hardcover with like extras oh, and shit later on. Maybe I'll goes.
0: maybe I'll wait for that. Yeah, I mean, I. What's it's, funny is I'll probably buy that and a paperback, and I'll just read the paperback, yep. and then have the hardback one as, like my collector's edition. But I, cool. I I also like reading small. I mean, I'm reading a bunch of Fear Street books right now, and they're all small paperbacks. So like, that's the way to go be- for me.
2: Only way they came, isn't it? Did they do a re-release of Fear? Uh, uh,
0: Several of them did get. Yeah, yeah, several of them did get re-releases. There's a bunch of hardback versions of them. Um, Plus, like if you're if you're really into collecting Fear Streets, you can get library copies because all the library copies had the original art and were hardback. I have. So, like, they held up a little better. Yeah, I have some of those. Most of my collection is paperback, though, which I, I prefer.
2: It depends on the book. If it's like a pulpy read, then I'm like, yeah, give me that like paperback that I can pull the spine. I totally get book. that. But then, like, if it's a newer book and I'm like, this is kind of nice, I should get a hardcover.
0: Yeah, for something like this, it would be cool to have like a collector's edition. But yeah. I'll I'll pick up the uh, yeah I'll get the paperback at some point. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. It's a good read too. It is very what <sighs> it's so strange
1: because in one sense, it is faithful to the movie. Like, I swear it reads like the movie is an adaptation of the book and not the other way around. And so Mm -hmm. there are wild differences between them, but it's also okay. To give you an idea, and this is not a spoiler because you've seen the movie, but the entire third act, you know, the attack on the house and all of that. Yeah. That is covered as a flash forward, a third of the way into the book. Over the course of two or three paragraphs. And then that's it. Like, really? Yeah, that tells you how wildly different. Like some of the structures. But then oh, wow. the flip side of it is. Is that there are stretches of it. That are exactly the same. With the same amount. Of, like the exact same dialogue. But then there's loads of additional stuff. Uh, you find out what. And I wouldn't dare spoil it for you. But you find out definitively. What happened between Cliff and his wife. On that boat. Right. Wow. Uh, you find out what was going on in his head when he was fighting Bruce Lee, uh, cliff. What's weird is, is that cliff is so damn likable in the movie. And in the book, he's a little scarier because he's still likable, but he's, he's, he's fucking killed people. Like there's some stuff in his background, like he was a war hero. And then he came back and that killer instinct never quite left him. So whenever he's mm-hmm. kind of faced with danger at times, he just, uh, he, he just straight up fucking kills people. Uh, you find out the origin story, how he meets Brandy, which is amazing and could be its own film. Um hmm. it's just it's so good. Like it it adds so much to the experience of having watched the movie, but it's also you know, it kind of stands on its own as its own kind of, you know, piece of art. I, I
0: think it I think it would be cool if Tarantino, after he retired, went back and novelized all his movies. Oh god, yes. I think in the, that in the
1: same way, like adding yeah, stuff like
0: and, like like building them a little bit. I think that would be a really interesting thing, like second half of his career sort of thing. But OK, he
1: said, you know, it's much bandied about that. He is doing his last film coming up and somebody had asked him. Uh, apparently, he had considered remaking Reservoir Dogs as his last movie, which would be kind of fun. Oh, that he would he would end and, his career the same way he began. it, And then he he followed it right up with I'm not going to do that. But I'm thinking like, man, I would love to see, you know, Tony Scott adapted his screenplay for True Romance pretty faithfully. Like he changed a couple of things, but you can look at that movie and be like, yeah, it's a Tony Scott movie, but it's also a Quentin Tarantino movie. Like his voice is really strong in that script and in that movie. I don't know if he would ever even be able to get the rights back, but I would love to see Tarantino shoot his original screenplay for Natural Born Killers. And to see what his take on that movie would be, because Oliver Stone, you know, did what he did to it. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, not to uh, just to not to bring it back to the movie that we're talking
2: about. The whole podcast is. Paul's a- <laughs> lust
0: <laughs> for a vampire. Do we gotta? I mean, I want to talk. I love the mob stuff. I love that we get like a full on just mob marching down the road, like, like a la Beauty and the Beast, like. Like Gaston might as well be there with his magic (laughs) mirror. Like this shit is cartoonish as hell. And I love it. And it just, it kind of builds towards, again, it's a greatest hits of hammer stuff. And the, the third act is, is no different. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like, I kind of like that all of this is brought about because a character who was not in the movie at all, until the last 30 minutes shows up, exhumes his daughter's body and is like, oh, there's vampires here. And then like a mob comes like all of this is is not tied to really the plot of the movie or any of the characters that have anything to do with the plot of the movie.
1: I think more movies need to have a jerk come in at the very end and completely alter the course of the movie. And uh, yeah, it's it's too. kind of fun. It's like Dickus ex machina.
0: And they they just kind of unite against them, which is weird because the beginning of the film kind of gives you something you can use, which is like a town of people who are like, oh, we don't trust the Karnsteins. Like we we know that they're back and blah, 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 blah. And then none of that really matters through most of the film. You know, it would have been easy to rile them up with or without an outside party. But, you know, it just kind of brings it on through a different way. I did read. We had talked about this during the commentary for the Vampire
1: Lovers, but you know that there was kind of a figure who was maybe meant to be an analog of some sorts to the, uh, you know, the guy on the horse who's constantly watching events from afar—the John Forbes Robertson character. Apparently, this was like Robertson probably should have come back because this role that's played by uh, Mike Raven was meant to be the exact same character, and. I kind of wish Robertson had come back because, again, I still want to believe that, you know, Count Karnstein is also maybe Dracula. I'm just going to – I'm always going to believe that. Mm I think it's more fun. Very clearly what they're trying to evoke with them. Can we talk about why the Karnsteins are pale as all hell, like vampire pale, pancake makeup pale, but Carmilla is anything but –
0: Um,
2: <laughs> because women like to be seen in a better light.
0: Carmilla is kind of their weapon, right? Like, she has in a
2: way, the ideal woman. Otherwise, it doesn't work. She's the siren. Yeah.
0: yeah, maybe
1: that's why she spends so much time in the sun.
0: She's got to keep that tan up. She's gotta, she has to be tan. I mean, I, yeah, Carmilla is. Yeah, what? How they feed and how they proliferate and survive. Mm-hmm. That's a great staking.
2: It's a great at, mouth. It looks like he's wearing one of those fake teeth things that little kids get at Halloween.
1: God, it probably was just that. I mean, the the budget for this movie yeah. was such that they probably <laughs> just
2: they had no money. <laughs> I hate well, I've and seen it's those
1: ones on like Paul. You're not on Instagram, so maybe not, but you should be. Paul, well, join Instagram. Not...
0: But everyone keeps telling me that. What would I Allie... put on there?
2: You, mu- just you just follow your kids and food and stuff what does everyone yeah. post on there though.
0: does anyone want to see that I don't think anyone wants
1: to see that Paul it nobody <laughs> does but we do it anyway that's what Instagram is
2: yeah that's what Instagram is it's food and babies and girls on OF like come on
1: <laughs> but the Ali yeah, so you may have seen it have fair. you seen the vampire teeth that actually are retractable
2: Ooh, I want to buy those and I all the reviews are like they hurt your mouth and I'm like I still want them. Yeah, it'd
1: be worth it, though.
2: Ooh, also, this isn't, like, a spoiler to, like, my life or anything. I'm getting custom Dracula teeth made for an upcoming movie, and I'm really excited to Ooh, have
1: Ooh, that sounds exciting. Now, they wait like- a second. Is this the Dracula movie that you've talked about a bit
2: before? Like, I actually get to play Dracula. it's so
1: fucking cool. I
2: had a an effects artist come to my house and, like, do a molding of, like, my top and bottom jaw. So I'm really excited to get real, like, actual prosthetic teeth made. Wait a second.
1: Are you going to have, like, bottom teeth, too?
2: Okay. I am not 100% sure, but he molded my top and bottom jaw. So I assume I get both the top and bottom. Or I don't. Maybe he's just doing it for continuity. But it feels like I get two layers of teeth.
1: Can awesome. I just say, as not great as this, and I want to get back to that, Alec, because I, I have questions to ask you about Dracula if you can talk about it, because I think <laughs> that'd be really cool. But uh, one, Karnstein throwing his hand up there and just like voguing for a second.
2: The motion as he did, and I'm like, oh no.
1: Strike a pose. Um, this fiery sequence, though, again, Sangster really does a great job of staging some of his action and shooting the hell out of this movie. And all of the. This looks so good with the real flames. We would never see this anymore, but damn it. Look at how great it is.
2: It looks so good.
1: By the way, the noise that she makes here, post-staking, is just marvelous. Lee terrible. And I love it. Oh! (laughs) Wait, she
0: screams, and then...
2: Screams? And then a cross-eyed thing happens. Yes. (laughs)
0: She loves being cross-eyed. That's, like, her favorite.
1: And I can't knock it too much for this because Horror of Dracula, which is a masterpiece, kind of has the same thing. But look at her eyes in her skull after her face burns away. You can tell that it's just, like, two big marbles or something.
2: Yeah. Ah! Oh, no!
1: And they didn't even try and make it look like eyeballs. They just painted big black circles. On like It's so bad. I love it.
2: Oh, I love all of these like pseudo Brian De Palma Oliver Stone shots that I get that Hammer was first.
0: All the diopter shots are just like yeah. gorgeous. <gasps> there, there is some good split diopter here.
2: Really... And, and again we get Well Fuck. <laughs> 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 I definitely... So I true. The phone call because everyone just went really silent.
0: I think we all tried to stop talking so the other person could talk, and then nobody talked. Okay, I, do, I, well,
1: I hate this for Playfair because he's like, "Well, my other blonde died, so I guess you'll do
0: a backup blonde." I mean, and don't you so
2: that blondes are all interchangeable? Have you seen any movie?
0: They sure a are a little point.
1: strange here. Like you know, I'm sorry. This is this is not a tale for the ages. That love story between he and her.
0: We do get to see uh, a you know real fire in a movie, which is a very Hammer thing. I just love it. I love I it so
2: much. seeing a real fire.
0: I think Jesus. I might be a pyro. Can I ask a question? Is this the first Hammer film with a mid-credit scene?
1: Does it count as a mid-credit scene?
0: Oh, well, we've got it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, but it, but does it count if the credits are still rolling?
2: Is this like an MCU thing where they have That's their,
0: what I'm saying? Yeah, like MCU.
1: Setting setting up the Karnstein Cinematic Universe, which is kind of a thing. You know, again, they there's the Karnsteins are touched upon five times.
2: I like that purpose. subtle overlapping credits thing that they do, which is kind of confusing, but also like it works.
0: I mean, yeah, it's definitely mid credits. It's happening in the middle of the credits. But the credits don't stop.
2: It's true. Like, Deadpool isn't coming out to tell us that, like, shenanigans is happening.
1: Paul, this is the hair I'm willing to split on this. I'm kidding. I don't care. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think I no, it's a it's a good point that you make because I don't know that they ever did anything like that before. And again, it kinda yeah. goes to the movie's playfulness a little bit, I think, because uh it definitely took a little risks. It was it was having a little fun. Uh you know, it could afford to because uh you know. It didn't uh didn't work in a lot of other regards. So <laughs> what
2: that didn't Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so wait a second. Now that we've gotten to the end of this movie, the feeling that I've gotten is that we all agree that it's not a good movie. And yet, did we not all have fun?
2: I had fun because I was talking to you guys. I'm sorry, I'm choking on food. <laughs> <laughs> I was—I've been eating popcorn this whole time, guys. I
0: hope I'm... you survive with chopsticks.
2: Yes, always. Otherwise, nice. my hands get all like gross, and then I can't touch my keyboard, and I have to rub my hands on my pants, and then it's a it's whole a problem.
1: High a Chopped corn. I love I it. I will
2: say, my favorite thing about this movie is I was, like, kind of doing a little bit of research and being like, oh, it's a Carmilla story. How many Carmilla stories were there? But also, if you go to the IMDb page, the first fact is that Ralph Bates calls it one of the worst films ever made. And then if you go, like, if you go eight facts down... It just says the same thing again, being like Bates considered this the worst film to be ever made, and it's like you already said that though. Is it really that bad that you had to put it twice in your facts section?
1: (laughs) He insisted upon it. He wanted people to know. Yeah,
2: Um, there's 14 facts in total. But yeah,
0: like, Sangster disowned it too. Like he was like, "Oh yeah, this was not my movie." I like so it's interesting how many people like involved in it were not happy with it.
1: It is yeah. which I mean, you know most of the time, whenever somebody says this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen, generally what that tells me is is you haven't seen many movies.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sure. Because lust for a vampire is not in the bottom hundred. Lust oh, for no. a vampire would no. not be in the bottom five hundred. Like it's it's come on.
2: No, we've all seen way worse films.
1: Agreed. I've seen Michael Mann's Black Hat. I have seen worse films, people.
0: (laughs) Well, I think the worst film ever made would be one that you just would never think about again. You know, like a movie that that sticks in your mind on some level, you know, has something to offer. Yeah. Even if it isn't good. Unless
1: you
2: hate
0: it with a fiery,
1: burning passion. Yeah. Cough. The Wicker Man remake. Cough.
0: Or like Rob Zombie's Halloween. Hey.
2: Wow. I mean, yeah, but wow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I I know I'm not supposed to like not like something Rob Zombie did, but I'm sorry. Who said that? Who, like you, you can, you who, can dislike who, Rob that?
1: Zombie to your heart's content.
0: I like Rob Zombie. i Just don't like his Halloween's. You say that, and I don't believe you though.
2: I don't like majority of his films, but I respect what he does.
0: Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the monsters. I'm looking forward I, to the I, I, I have faith that that will be good.
2: And I like Lords of Salem, and like, mm-hmm. I like music and his music videos, and I just feel like his movies are an extension of himself, and...
1: Truth. Lords like, of Salem say, is awesome. It is weird that we've come around to Rob Zombie on this, because the opening credit sequence of this movie, weirdly enough, with the uh, the credits and the freeze frames, kind of reminded me of The Devil's Rejects. Hmm. And I think he pulls a lot from, like, obviously he gets a lot from, like, 70s grindhouse cinema, but I think his influences are varied enough that I'm sure he is a huge Hammer fan. I'm sure I'm he does sure, pull. Yeah. It would surprise like watch, me. Oh, sorry, I'll go ahead.
2: Oh, it just wouldn't surprise me if he was a Hammer fan.
1: Yeah, like, and, you know, definitely, like, classic British horror, that makes sense to me, because I don't know, have either of you seen Blood on Satan's Claw, the Toggin film? No, I haven't.
2: No. Okay. Oh my
1: God, both. Okay, please. If you watch nothing else, if you have a way to watch that movie, watch it so we can talk about it next week. It is a fucking masterpiece. Uh, But I will say this. The climax of the movie is all of the action, like all the events, it's all in slow motion and very, very slow motion with like this pounding driving score and it, it it's oh, you. you you watch it and it's just kind of like oh that's where Rob Zombie gets part of his aesthetic that's where the opening of the Devil's Rejects came from like when they're yeah. swarming the house that's where this sequence came from and that sequence came from so uh, I don't know but the movie is the movie is superb like if you dig 70s era like Hammer and Amicus like you're gonna love Blood on Satan's Claw you're you're just gonna adore it plus it's folklore so
2: I love folklore.
1: It, it, it you know, it rubs elbows comfortably with the Wicker Man.
2: Mm. All right. I'm game. It's on Tubi. I'll watch it.
1: Is it real? Okay. Rock on. Paul, you, you own the Blu-ray. I feel it. So. <coughs> uh, I don't think I have that one. No, you do. You have to. If you <laughs> own.
2: If, check, check your If, stuff.
1: if you own okay. open windows, you own. Blood on Satan's call? I'm willing it uh, so. On. Oh That's
2: shit! I, you I, just I own God. open windows and you forgot.
0: I do own it. <laughs> <laughs> it what was, was it. that? Was that Severin? Yes. Did I buy the uh, Severin sale? Because I didn't. Because I, I didn't learn my lesson. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm still waiting on that blood for Dracula. Uh, mine.
0: Mine has shipped, but it's not arrived.
1: Is, has it shipped, or have they printed a it label? Says
0: in it Arizona. Shipped. I mean, uh, I like, got an email that said it shipped, but I also ordered Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn and Overboard, so I'm waiting for that okay. too.
2: That's a perfect that, movie.
0: What, I, what was the Paul? What was the
1: name of the movie that I'm going to look it up here real quick? Right. Uh, they, I have, I don't even give a rat's ass about the movie, and I usually don't give a rat's ass about special slip covers. But damn it, there's something about the bootleg slipcovers they do with the alternate titles. Like, wasn't oh, like yeah. Shocking Dark, but they did Terminator
0: 2. Terminator then, 2, yeah. Oh, uh,
1: What's the one that they did? I love the movie. I can never think of the title because it's a stupid fucking title. Um, something Something Killer, but the slipcover was Texas Chainsaw 3. Um,
2: killer, killer, I don't know.
1: Oh, it's really good it has one of the goofiest fucking sequences I've ever seen in a movie where a woman holds a guy at gunpoint in a restroom uh, after he's followed her in there and the way she keeps him in the bathroom so she can make a quick escape is she makes him take his jeans off Uh and Are you talking about Night Killer? Toilet. Night Killer Paul thank you uh, Night Killer so she forces him at gunpoint to take off his blue jeans and shove them in the toilet And to soak them and to take off his shirt. So he's basically stranded in his uh, his tidy whities as she she makes her escape. And instead of just staying in there like he races out after her, only to catch weird looks from the uh, the hotel manager, the guy, the clerk behind the desk, whoever. And his response to look at the guy to try and explain why he's uh, he's nearly nude is I was
0: molested in the little boy's room step <laughs> with a straight man. My god.
1: The movie's terrible. Um, but I love it did, it's so much fun. Did you
0: see they're doing Drop Dead Fred? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to That's,
2: that's the I thing love Drop Dead out. Fred.
0: I I already have it because I bought the UK release, so but yeah. Severin, I like Drop Dead Fred. The thing that keeps me coming back to
1: Severin is that they have generally marvelous taste in movies that they choose and Yeah, for sure. They they put out marvelous releases of them and that makes up for all of their customer service.
2: Ooh. Mostly. And on that note, <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is not sponsored by Severin.
1: <laughs> it damn well better be the amount of money I've given them. Uh,
0: no, you know who I, should sponsor us is either Scream Factory or uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Because <laughs> man, oh man, do I give them a lot of money. Well,
2: I mean, have of you done the legwork to reach out, or are you just bitching?
0: Damn, I'm Ellie. I'm not bitching. <laughs> well, to I'm, be fair I'm to I'm Allie, you to give them you, money.
1: You work kind on of a bitching, but Allie. Oh, damn. I'm
0: sorry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I know, I just uh, I'm, just <laughs> I'm just bitching.
1: I'm just bitching. I was course. bitching too. I feel I'll, like I was bitching
0: harder. There I, is. I will continue to picture. spend money at all these places and pimp their stuff
2: Ugh, because yeah. I like them and Shout they Patrick deserve it. Money.
0: Yeah. So,
1: uh, so yeah, my blood for Dracula and Beyond Darkness with the Evil Dead 5 slipcover. Is um, oh yeah, it's yeah. shipped, which means that a label has been printed. Can't wait for it to actually make it onto a fucking truck and on its
0: way. See, to it. I didn't buy Beyond Darkness because I already own the Screen Factory release of it.
1: That's fair. That's fair. I uh, like I said I I know nothing about the movie. I probably won't even watch it. But um, those slip covers, man, damn, they are nice.
2: And they someone. Like... They weirdly sell for a lot of money.
1: Yeah, they do. I don't care about that. Like, I'm. I just. I. I just like them. I don't know why. It's weird.
0: I have someone Terminated should two, do
1: oh, like Chainsaw Three, Jaws Five, and uh, I guess I'll have this one. There needs to be a four in there. It needs to be like sequential. Damn it.
0: Yeah, I. 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 Uh, I think someone should do a La Casa box set. Yes. And do all of the like La Casa movies, which is basically the Evil Dead series overseas. And right. yeah, be an
2: zombie. Yeah, that would be
0: really, really cool to see like one giant box set with all of those movies in it. I would love that. <laughs> that would be amazing.
1: All right. So uh, we've gotten to the... Okay, I will just say one last thing. Paul, if you own the uh, the Blu-ray, you need to watch it. alley if you can watch it on TV, you need to watch it. Blood on Satan's Claw. It's absolutely amazing. Okay. And uh, yeah, so we have... Uh, <laughs> We're nearly three hours in. We weren't, knock on wood, we haven't made it to the end yet, but we weren't plagued by technical difficulties, which is, uh, you know, that was nice. Uh, thanks, Spectrum. But uh, yeah, so before we come back next week and chat some more Hammer, what's going on with everybody? What uh, where, where can folks find you at, and what can we keep an eye out for from you in the near future? Who first?
2: I, I feel like you need to direct that at someone first. Yeah,
1: front. you need to say, like, a person. Any meeny, miney, alley.
2: Okay. Uh, well, you can find me across all social media platforms at the alley chapel. Uh, my film Space Vampire gets released tomorrow, actually today, because it's 1 a.m. Uh, so by the time this gets released, it will be out and available. And if you happen to be in Toronto this weekend and you want to come to a horror marketplace outdoor at a brewery, We will be at Shacklands Brewery with a bunch of horror vendors just selling stuff and drinking beer.
1: Damn it, that sounds fun. I miss horror conventions.
2: I miss conventions so much. I would
1: would love to go. One day, someday, we need to have a Scream Addicts meetup at some place. We need to, like, for the final episode, like, we need to do what will it be? Probably the Lodge still, which is kind of a bummer of a movie to, okay. to
2: end on. First of but all, that... our movie should either be Dracula Dead and Loving It or Young Frankenstein.
0: Yeah, our our final thing could be maybe more of like a top ten hammer or something. Like we yeah. like we go back through and like do our each personal favorites or top five or, you know, something like more general.
1: Or Or I like that idea. We need to do that. We need to do a couple of things to wrap it up. It doesn't just have to be one episode. We can do like the the, the the spoofs episode we can do mm-hmm. like but yeah, we need to do an episode here's the thing, the idea that I had earlier, and I'll probably regret it in the future, but since Allie never got the <laughs> Allie wasn't around during the early episodes, and given how it started, I feel it's only fair that we end in the same way. Oh, God. We need we need to do <laughs> What are you suggesting? <laughs> getting hammered in the hammer pub. For the final episode.
2: But I feel like okay. we should all be together for that. Like we should be at an actual pub oh, yes. and let us live stream.
0: I mean, I'll do it. Exactly yeah, that. We could we could figure this out.
1: Uh I'll get, yeah. Allie, you you have not heard any of the early episodes. Paul and I got really drunk.
0: Quite that's frequently. True. So Good. that's
2: my middle that's name. True
0: like really drunk like uh we we could like go yeah we could go somewhere like rent out a room at like a bar or something and with a tv in it and like play the movie and do it live that could be pretty fun
1: they did something at a convention once there was a horror hound where uh the dead pit radio guys i don't know if you're familiar with them they actually did a live commentary for uh oh it's the movie with the Jake, Body by Jake, that dude Um, Eddie Pena was the director, it's a terrible slasher movie it's like Home Sweet Home or something like that Hmm. and they basically, they drank and provided a commentary as the movie ran on the screen in front of them like, they sat with their backs to the audience and had mics and just had a fucking blast, and I was in the audience and it was the funniest fucking thing, so (laughs) that would be great
2: yeah, I'd be into that
1: Rock on. We'll make it happen. We'll figure it out. We got a little time still. So, and hopefully we can get it in before the world decides to just straight up end. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be good.
2: I mean, we'll see.
1: We got Paul. How many movies did I say we have left? Like we 19. Yeah. We're not going to make it in time. I thought if there was any way we could, we've got a a a bunch. I mean, we could do it it well, October,
0: and, and honestly, good. too, there's some older sort of non big horror hammer movies that we could like go back and sort of like cover in groups if we wanted mm. Too, I was thinking.
1: Could do that. All right. So, Allie, that is uh, that's that's what a uh, space vampire is out tomorrow. Don't you have another movie that's out very shortly, too?
2: My other movie technically is out. um, I know there was some weird online confusion, which I don't know how it happened. I'm sure sober me would know. Uh, But Girl with a Straight Razor is actually being released in October. But I think originally it was supposed to be released this month. and I think that's why there was some confusion. Okay. But so far, it's just that. And then this thing that's happening this weekend where if you're in Toronto and you want to come drink with me at a brewery and maybe spend some of your hard-earned money, then, like, let's (laughs) put up. I'll be there for a time.
1: (laughs) Dig it. All right, Paul, how about you?
0: Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at PaulIsGreat2000, the very modest handle. Uh, And my most recent article uh, came up a little less than a week ago on Bloody Disgusting on Rasputin the Mad Monk. Is that up? Yeah, it's up. uh, It went up. Like like six days ago, I think. Um, so that's there. And then uh next next month uh will be X the Unknown. Ah uh, nice. So I'm excited about that one because it's an older hammer movie. I like when I cover the old ones. <laughs> All
1: right. That sounds great. Um Oh. What? I should what? probably
0: I should probably plug the uh the Dead Ringers episode that went up like a day ago. <laughs> You can't uh, well, plug plug the cast that you cheat on us with. Go ahead. That's Sorry, not to interrupt you,
2: but we I did. Um, <laughs> we we had
0: a we had Dead Ringers go up uh covering uh Friday the thirteenth, part two and the burning with special guest Scott Drebbit. Um uh, there was a from, bit of a,
1: a Brides of Dracula issue there, wasn't there?
0: Yeah. We recorded the whole episode and then found out it wasn't recording. So we had to redo it later that week and ask our guest to come back. And he was super cool and came back. And, uh, yeah, Scott uh, is a co-host of the Corpse Club podcast. And he's a writer for Daily Dead. Um, He's awesome and amazing. uh, Also Canadian, as a matter of fact. And uh, uh, he's he's a pretty great guy. So listen to that episode if you like slashers, because we talk slashers and it's fun. That's it. That's all I got.
1: Rock on. Everybody out there should be listening to Dead Ringers. So if you haven't yet, do it. All right. So we are going to be back next week with Dr. Jekyll and Sister Hyde, yet another Ralph Bates joint. For that alone, I am excited. Um, other than that, I guess we'll see you all next week. Thank you both so much
0: for co-hosting. You're welcome.
2: Yeah, no problem. <laughs>
0: that was it? That was, wild. Wow, the, the pause there. I I, like nobody... I feel it is a true honor to be here with my friends, Allie and Jinx.
2: Yeah, I love being here. I'm so happy that I get to be a part of this officially now.
1: Yes, absolutely. There are three of us now. The Scream Trio.
0: Yep, that's who we are.
2: But this is super awkward. I can't be here for the next, like, six weeks.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Not... <sighs> that was great
1: (laughs) that was the look on my face was was just kind of like the emoji have you ever seen the emoji where it's just like the bottom lip is just a straight line that was that (laughs) was was, that was really good that was good and thanks to all you listeners out there as always please make certain to like, subscribe, share use the comment section below scream at us on Facebook and Twitter that's at Screamatics and I'm at Jenks1981 until next time folks thanks so much and have a great weekend
2: bye